Welcome, everyone, to another episode of You Wouldn't Download a oh, Podcast. Jeff's doing it. I'm doing Jeff's it. Doing I'm it. going in. Jeff did it. So, Jeff did the intro. Did, it's Jeff's favorite part. Hell yeah. That's what I'm fucking saying. Yeah, so we have a very special guest today. We have Lou, a.k.a. Dream Crusher, on pod today. What's up, Lou? Hello, internet podcast world. Hello. Hell yeah. I would rather people make podcasts than babies right now. That is such a good point. Because then I have the option of not hearing them. Yes. (laughs) Shut those babies up. Yeah, because like there's there's a high potential for people who are like trying to bang out a child right now that like they're gonna grow up and probably rob me. So I would rather just not have to interact with any of that. That'd be nice. (laughs) That is such a good way of looking at it. If there are less babies there are less chances that you get robbed. So therefore, or, or, a, or a new serial killer or a new exactly fucking- who no one can predict this stuff. So we got to just shut it down for yeah, like a year. Is, there's the a real, thing a there's a real gap can rob you of is your time. Yeah. Well, there's a real gap in the market for podcasts for babies. So mm. maybe some of these babies podcasts <laughs> for babies. What would you talk about? It's like Yo Gabba Gabba. I'm like, I'm picturing <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm picturing like Ira Glass put through like the baby filter on Snapchat. Oh, like, that's oh. such a good point. Oh, that would yeah, probably looks sick. like a furry sock as a baby. <laughs> probably it's probably Terry, sick. Terry Terry Gross doing some hard hitting interviews with the baby filter. Like like a like a like a mink sock of a person. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like it's a. Uh, NPR uh, newborn public radio. Mm, that's oh, such a good idea. We we're shouldn't be talking to, about this. Someone's going to yeah. steal our idea and make there, a lot We're going to have to. Yeah, there's absolutely there's absolutely a woman in upstate New York that's listening to this right now that's wearing all Lululemon and thinks this is brilliant. <laughs> and it's going to like yes. she's going to make so much fucking money and then yeah. like get get on Twitter and put and do some fucking uh, turf shit. She's cutting oh her yoga session short to brainstorm this idea. Yeah. It's so oh, she yeah. just paused the Peloton ride. Yeah. She was like, oh, do, this um, down. Yeah, since she, since, since she got turf bangs, she thinks she can do everything. It's it's like, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Since she Too got, got them, it. aka cut them herself. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. She like took a ceramic um, class in uh, grad school and thinks she's the shit. Don't fucking tell me shit. I know. Everybody in upstate New York ends up taking a ceramics class at some point. I think it's a new mandate. I think it's it's like some Cuomo mandate. It's like, if you are a resident for more than six months, like you have to take a ceramics class. It's weird. (laughs) It's this weird thing. Biden supposedly like considering Cuomo for um, attorney general. Crazy. So many cops. Too many cops. Too many cops. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Do not like... Uh, we like are the, we are the premier anti Cuomo podcast. Um, oh, so he's gross. He is disgusting. Sure. People tried but, to people tried to pretend that he was hot when he was like on the news and shit. I've never I've never felt such gaslighting in my entire life. That's okay. Fucked so up. I have I have something to admit. Okay. Oh, speak your truth, please. So I think. Okay. So all right. <laughs> So I didn't think that he was attractive. I just thought that he was, he looked like the guy that yelled the N word at me in Guanas. So <laughs> I just don't really think that he's attractive, 
up until somebody said his nipples were pierced and you could see that mm-hmm. shit through that polo. <laughs> It changed. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> I was just going to bring that on, up. I was just oh, on. Yes, this is God. on the fucking grinder. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. um, she, maybe, she's on the apps. She's, she's maybe, swiping. Maybe he's, um, maybe he's slurp or gurping. What's, 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 what's he <laughs> I like the idea of you're like, you're He's discreet. You're not the, those you're, nipples aren't discreet, <laughs> but. No. <laughs> Discreet, no fats, no fem. <laughs> Italians <laughs> only. Italians only. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's oh. Oh my god. Is, is there oh, an Italian? Is there an Italian grinder? Like, there's got to be just for no, the Italians. You know what it is. You know what it is. What? I say this from experience. <laughs> Italian gay men love like fisting and like oh, hardcore shit. Yeah. Like every like. Um, discreet like Italian boy that's ever tried to hit me up. Usually mm-hmm. they're from Staten Island because they're because oh. they're, <laughs> they're trapped um, on the island. They can't they can't escape. Oh yeah, and like the the usual like gay hello on any of these fucking apps is like okay here's pain here's ass. But mm-hmm. like some of these like uh, fucking Marcos and fucking those kinds of dudes, <laughs> they are sending you gaping wide open <laughs> like. <laughs> Here, here is here is my the inside of my watermelon. It is like not. Want to see my goatsy impression? Because this is the Italian hands. When you think <laughs> well, about it's, it, it's the thing is, is it is the, it's, so it it's, is this. So that's what it's, the, it's the hand. Me. It's the thing is, is it's family style. You know what I mean? <laughs> For everybody, everybody, just bring your plate up, and take a scoop. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> it's a buffet. That's, Sunday dinner, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sunday dinner, yeah. But no, I, that's I'm, what Cuomo gives for yeah. me. So like, but like, it's even though they're like, it's a, it's a little much. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's nice to get attention from somebody who will literally do anything. It's like, ooh, that's true. They're okay. so they're so pressurized that they there's no limits to what they. Yeah, would they're do. so motivated. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, they have to get it all in. anything else. It's tunnel they vision. Have, they have a couple <laughs> hours on the weekend. They have to. They have to do everything. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, it's, like, it's all it's urgency. Oh, it's yeah. like v- Vito and the Sopranos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone needs someone yes, needs to edit all Vito deep fake Cuomo into that scene. Yeah, yeah I'm he's actually blowing re- the guy in the truck. Watching uh, Sopranos too. And yeah, uh, I forgot mm. how hot some of the like mobster guys. Dude, are. there's oh, so, for sure. there's so many hot characters in that fucking show. It's insane. Yeah. The guy we that killed about. one of the twins is really high. He has like a really nice ass. And I can't remember what his name was. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how um, the uh, the prequel movie is coming out and they're putting it out on HBO Max in January because it's a WB movie and they're releasing mm-hmm. all the movies at the same time. And it's like Tony as a kid. Wait, 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 it's wait, it's wait, his wait. son, right? Isn't it his mm-hmm. son? Yeah. Michael Gandolfini I, I have, plays him. Yeah. I, have, um, I have questions. Um, did you... Okay, let me let's 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 go back for a second. Did okay. you say a prequel series? No, a movie, a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. To the Sopranos. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, what I like most about the Sopranos is that nihilistic ass ending. I felt like that is yeah. a hard period oh, at the I end of it. a book. Uh, it is such dude, a fan. any any movie or show that has a hard cut to black. Is like my favorite. Well, that's oh, what yeah, I'm saying. No, you said like a book. 
Yes. It's, it's like a it's like a novel, you know what I mean? It ends. It's yeah. like literary. You have to think about it after it ends. And that's yeah. what people were pissed about because they're like, well, just tell us. And it's like, dude, don't you like stories? Don't you like thinking and like analyzing? Also, like it's art. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Also, like to, to piggyback on that, also one that lifestyle only ends two ways. Yes. Right. <laughs> Deader and no, literally. So like True. I actually I don't find the ending hard to understand at all it's not it's not very cryptic it's not even mm-hmm. very abstract like it's pretty obvious what happens it's just shown in a non-verbal way and it's a very yeah. like visual visual well, way and David chase also he also slipped and said that he's dead so like he yeah, famously I mean, yeah. wouldn't talk yeah. about it and he slipped in like the last year and was like oh if he was alive and he's like whoops shouldn't have said that which and i, I also think that, love i think it's pretty obvious Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that scene, well, if you watch it uh, closely, it's pretty obvious what happens. But so yeah. he, anyway, he wrote uh, this, maybe I'm he, maybe I'm being an elitist <laughs> by saying so. So yeah, David Chase wrote the the movie, but he doesn't direct it. Um, but the guy that directs it directed a bunch of the episodes, so mm-hmm. it's like oh, okay. still in in the family. And it shows like young Junior, young young Tony. Young uh, wow. Chris, Christopher's dad is like a big character, Dickie oh, Montesanti, yeah. who oh. like di- died. You never see him in the show, so it's gonna yeah. be cool. And it's set in okay. the, it's set in like the, I want to say the sixties. There's like, um, like a a, a racial, um, like oh, the race riots in Newark. In Newark in oh, the 60s. Yeah. So it's all mm-hmm. yeah, in the backdrop was, of that. Yeah, my mom even told me about that shit. That's how hard that shit was. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Damn. So us, it us should be good. From, I don't know if you guys know, I'm from Wichita. And um, okay. the, there were like Wichita, Kansas. And the, there's, um, my mom told me about in the 60s, like a lot of high schools were at war with one another because some high schools decided to integrate and some decided not mm. to. Right. So, like, the ones that weren't integrated were having, like, lots of... There's a high school out here called Watts. Not to be confused with Watts in California. Yeah. But they, ha- okay. they, happen, they happen around the same time. There were a lot of riots in Watts, California, oh, yeah. actually. But, yeah. yeah. I've, that name rings a bell. Yeah, it's fucked. Like, it's, it's, look how far this country's come, everyone. Oh. <laughs> Finally, Joe Biden's going to solve all of our problems. I'm Joe still Biden thinking. going to personally give me, like, his ectoplasm. It's going to be delicious. And I can't wait to just slurp a gurp, you know? Just, just okay. down the hatch. Yeah, down I'm, the hatch. I'm still thinking about scrolling through Grinder and just stumbling upon, like, Andrew Cuomo's cropped head off, but like just yes! the nipples and the polo, just the nips. That's exactly should, how he would be presented. You should make that your main picture on there, and mm. you'll be getting hit up. And just have your, just have like the cap, like the bio thing. Just be like the Italian flag and the the hand, the Italian <laughs> hand, hand emoji. Yo, and honest, like a spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> the spaghetti. Emoji. Yeah, there's something suggestive about that that I can't really place, but slurp, slurp. You know what I'm saying? No, I actually, I actually used to hook up with a guy that like, like that was his bio. It was just the Italian flag and oh my, that's all you need to say. (laughs) That's all you need to say. And like his like his username was like uh, 
a bottomless pit or something like that. <laughs> it was like so, I was like, okay, well, well, hey, if we can pit. have a good conversation. Let's let's see, <laughs> girl. Is that pit really bottomless? You're gonna have Ooh. to show me. I Listen, feel like he... like this mimosa. <laughs> I feel like the Italian translation of like love the one you're with should be when you're here, your family. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're here, your family. When you're not here, someone else's family. You know oh, what I mean? When you're not here, you're out of the bottom and the pit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Join you know, the pit. They they once you're out, they pull you back in. You know, <laughs> <laughs> those that's this those thing, eagles. Yeah, this thing of ours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm hyped. The movie comes out in January. They're just putting it out on HBO Max for a month. So that shit's so, gonna yeah. be everywhere for free, obviously. Mm. So, you, so you, when when did they film this? Like 2019, I'm assuming they finished. They it. were filming it like for two years, I feel like, and then okay. it was supposed it was supposed to come out over the summer, but they had like a couple of reshoots, and then everything got pushed because COVID. And oh yeah, did they started this shit in like 2016, right? Yeah, a while ago. This, this it, is it was supposed to, me, to come yeah. out like last year. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it got delayed. So they filmed it all over like Ridgewood. I remember homies seeing them by uh, Queen's Tavern and taking pictures and shit. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, honey. Uh, who lives in Ridgewood? I used to. I just me moved and, to Greenpoint. Me and Jacob do. Okay, so you might. I don't. The oh, uh, I'm trying to get the words out. So <laughs> <laughs> Ridgewood is an interesting place. It is because there's a. It's it's sort of like how. Have you ever been to a New Jersey truck stop? I have to my knowledge. Yes. <laughs> it's fucked up because you can't pump your own gas in New Jersey. It's fucked up. Oh, yeah. It's you illegal. Can't. Yeah, they don't let you. Um, oh, yeah. It's a weird, it, weird fact about New Jersey. Anyway. Yeah. The diners in Bridgewood remind me of a New Jersey truck stop where, like, everyone is kind of on the lookout. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, you need to, you're in a diner. You have, you have coffee and orange juice. Let's, let's, let's take that down yeah. a little bit. There is. I'm, I'm just a waitress. I'm just giving you the check. You ain't got to do all that. Like, yeah. let's, calm down. Yeah. There's kids. There's kids here. It's fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Everyone is like on mental patrol in Ridgewood. I think yeah. it's like there's like I don't even know what it is, but it's just like especially in like places like that, it's just like the weirdest vibe of all time. Yeah. I, yeah. Oof. It's well, I feel weird. like I feel like Ridgewood also like way back. Speaking of Sopranos, has like mob ties, like way, way back. Okay, hmm. I, think yeah. well, I was gonna classic. say there's there's one uh, restaurant that is down the street from me where I, I, I pass it if I'm going to get a coffee or something, and it gives me Satrials vibes. Like the mm-hmm. the, the, the boys are always sitting outside. Uh, hey, oh, you know. hey, 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 so the, oh, it's wait, like it's only the same dudes. You know what I'm talking is about? Is it the cafe, the mm-hmm. Polish cafe? Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah, it, it just yeah. gives me that. It just gives me that vibe. You're gonna have to like, bleep that, Jacob. You're gonna have to bleep that shit out. What the <laughs> shit? Yeah. Oh, so speaking of which, um, I, where I'm quarantined in um, Astoria, mm-hmm. um, we we're ne- very close to like a, a Serbian bar that's across the street from an Irish bar. And like uh-huh. whenever I pass either one, like it's always like a group of dudes. We actually like considered calling through one of them because none of them were wearing a mask. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like they clearly have some like connections because like it's like they always look at me first because duh. 
but like they were all like kind of like mm, where you, you look uh different and it's like <laughs> bitch astoria is mini williamsburg now you, you know. have to <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. It's, a, been, it's, it's williamsburg north i've yeah. been to astoria once when i moved to new york in 2014 i didn't know anybody <laughs> and i was like i i did like a a late night okay cupid like go over but mm-hmm. i went from from She's on the old school east, apps i went from oh, like yeah. east Floyd, east <laughs> williamsburg well this was like 2014 like i i didn't download tinder till i moved to new york like i never used it in florida yeah mm-hmm. and when i moved here i was like sure why not whatever there's so wait where people. in florida are you from uh i moved here from orlando but i'm originally from like fort lauderdale area okay because my partner's from tampa Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I like when I lived in Orlando for like five years, we just go over to Tampa for like shows at like the Orpheum or, or like somewhere yeah. like in uh, what's it called? Um, Ebor City is like where all the venues are or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so when I moved here, that's the only time I went to a story and it was stupid because it was like <laughs> it, it was like I left my apartment at like two in the morning from like essentially Bushwick, like East Williamsburg. And it took like an hour to get there. And then yeah. I chilled there for a couple hours and then came back at like five. Oh like yeah. I didn't stay, but it was cool. Yeah. I used to do, um, when I, well, when I lived off the G, I would take the G to court square. Mm-hmm. And, uh, usually if it, the later at night it is, is like, obviously the G is a fucking terrible train and no one should oh. ever take it. Awful. but like <laughs> it's off it's it's not as bad as the f it's the got f is, it's gotten better though i live off the g now it's and it's like it's, it's, it's not as bad in the past in the past like two years it's gotten like better since the l like got more fucked up yeah, oh, yeah. Is, are there more train cars for the g now are they still doing that bullshit it just comes faster it just comes like it comes pretty on time now compared to before i used to wait the like hours now the g used to be a real dice waiting roll for it and yeah, then like you're oh on the God. wrong part of the track and then the G just like goes all the way up here. And even if you run, like you're not going to make it to the train. Oh, you're on yeah. the wrong it's, side of the track. You just have to know like, that. It's like, that. It's like a Zelda puzzle it. or something. But you have sometimes to like, yeah. like you go on that platform and there are people that are looking so confident that the train is going to come right there that you join them. But there's also another pretty confident crew on the other side. So you really can't know. <laughs> you just oh. got to go to the end, you know? Yeah. 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 Do Do you guys remember when the service had stopped between Metropolitan and what was it? Um, what's the the downtown one? I can't remember which one. And like that, well, like I, Fulton or something. Yeah, so, uh, something like that. Um, but like I remember specifically, like living living off of like Bedford Notion or whatever, and like every literally there was just like a fucking mob of people on the middle oh. platform of yeah. Bedford notion and like cars just zipping by and everyone's getting more and more pissed. And I was just like, leave. Oh my God. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I'm not waiting that goddamn long on a platform in the middle of the fucking platform. I'm, I'm not doing that. So the yeah. L the L was like that. For a couple, like what, what, first couple of years I was here, I, and listen, I haven't taken the train that much this past year because I'm working from home. But like, yeah, there was one. It was like right after a snowstorm, and you know, like after it would be like a you, you have a snow day, and then everyone is somehow on the train the next day. Uh, and mm-hmm. then um, I had three trains pass by the station because they were too packed to 
to get in. I was like, it uh, <laughs> was like 30 minutes that's late. That's the worst. It was that's so the awful. And then yeah. when you finally get on a train, you have to like cram yourself in. It's just, oh, not great. Or the worst um, is when you're waiting, you're waiting for like 25 minutes and then a train comes and then it just keeps going. It doesn't yep, even it stop. It's the yeah. stop. Because <laughs> they're like backed up. Or it's the fun. cleaner trains, the the trains with all the shit on them. All the, yeah, all the lights. They're like really yeah. bright. <laughs> yeah, they so always wait. pass by as slow as humanly possible and smell like <laughs> literal excrement and filth. <laughs> what, like, do what do y'all? What do What do y'all think of this new plan that they're gonna do, where they add three dollars to every single package to make up for the MTA? It's so like so if you order f- if you order mail for anyone listening that doesn't live in New York. Oh yeah, that's if, fucked if you, up. If you if you order a package and it's not an essential item. Like if you order a book or, you know, something like that, they're thinking about taxing $3 onto every package to make up for all the money that the MTA is losing because nobody's taking the trains. Completely fucking insane. Honestly, so bad shit. Honestly, I don't think it's that bad an idea because the trains are getting fucked. They don't have money. They literally don't. And they're going to close. It shouldn't come back to the people to fund that. It's that's squarely on the, the, the government's management. Agreed. Agreed. But they don't, they don't have it. They don't have it. They spent all this money on like COVID relief shit. So I'm I'm Venmo requesting you every time I get a $3 charge. (laughs) Since you're in support of this. I don't order that much mail. So I don't really give a fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't I don't order mm. that many packages, so I'm not like stressing it. Wait, wait, when you say packages, you mean things that are mailed to you? Things that are mailed to you, like if you order something, like not if it's like someone sends sent you some shit, you're not gonna get charged. But if you See? like order something from like Amazon or like you know, oh. any any website, so they're yeah, gonna charge like, a tax. Mm-hmm. That's not a terrible idea. But if you're going to do that, then we should get in for free. Period. Right. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the subway should just be free. Yeah. Period. End should. of story. That's it why, should be. But somebody, people work, you know, so they got to pay somebody. Yeah. Well, it should, come, it should come from the, from, from the, you know, the tax dollars, right? That's, isn't that the whole point? Like our well, tax not, dollar, yeah. dollars ostensibly go to the MTA, but then they're redirected to fund uh, the interstate and like, you know, people who live in Westchester who commute to the city they get yeah. those those roads are very well funded and all those funds are well, taken from the MTA's budget. And that's that's like Cuomo's legacy. Also, they're also talking about it being being national. So anyone that orders packages in other areas are going to pay for th- that money is going to pay for our MTA. It's a run. You know what uh, I mean? I so like if you live in Westchester and you order a package, you're paying the three dollar tax to help the city. Hmm. So I, like I, I just don't think the tax should come from like down uh, from from beneath. It should it should be well, it, this it should tax, be free this, for everyone. This three dollar tax should equate billions of dollars pretty quickly because mm-hmm. everyone's ordering shit to their house. I don't know. I, I, sometimes just imagine too is like these taxes are so off putting to people that it's like a way to convince people that the MTA shouldn't be funded as much because if they're sucking all this money from you. Mm. Oh, well, why is the budget so high? Then that's why that's why they find excuses to slash the budget. It's the same thing with like, uh, you know, they they uh, slash, uh, you know, uh, different government services. And then when they underperform, they say, well, this is this this service clearly isn't working. You know, like the whole like USPS thing, you know, if the, U- if the USPS is overloaded and it's not working and then the public gets fed up, then all these 
right wing people are like, well, I, I, maybe we just shouldn't even have the USPS if it's not working. And it's just this well, like recursive thing. My main problem is, yes, I agree. They should all this shit should be free. It should all be mm-hmm. included in the taxes it should all be paid for. But it's not. And they have they're out of money. And they have no, they've asked for more money from the government who hasn't given any. So mm-hmm. they're at the point where if they don't figure out a way to get these funds, what's going to happen is further out lines, like bus lines and train lines that go to like underprivileged further out areas. Like are Cambria gonna Heights and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to get cut and those people are going to be stuck. They're not going to be able to like, use transit at all or they're going to have to go to a further station from the jump and they already don't have money so it's like if they don't figure out a solution that's what is going to happen so Mm -hmm. like as far as coming up to a solution that's gonna solve the shit i think this is pretty good like three dollars for a package if you really want that non-essential item three dollars more isn't gonna kill you like it's not i agree yeah here's my here's my thing you convinced me jeff uh, here's, here's the thing. I, I, have, I have opinions about this. Okay. I think, like most things in the United States, uh, the main issue is too few people have too much power and money, mm-hmm. and too too um, too many people, too few people are getting so much more money than everyone else mm-hmm. via misappropriation of funds. Yep. So specifically with the MTA, I'm like, I'm like, I, I have this conversation with my partner all the time because he he works in business, mm-hmm. and like, I just he, he was going like through the list of like, uh, like them not having money is true and not true, because it's like, uh, you're you're they're still a private company, right? I, MTA I, actually, I or at least they contract private companies for most things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, like, my my whole thing is that means that they have shareholders. Exactly. <laughs> Why are they? So these people who are running the MTA um, have done as little as humanly possible to even keep the system up to begin with. Mm-hmm. But but then we'll turn around and have all this money for the Second Avenue trains that train stations that are so yes. fucking immaculate right, right, right. and laid the fuck out. And again, who that who does that benefit? From other countries and yeah. other cities. Yeah. So it's like you have the money. It's like you don't want to do exactly. shit with yeah. it. So you're it's, you're taking the shit out on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's it's the same. It's the same idea as like funding happen. funding the interstate or and the and the and the highways. You know, all that money is going to these places that benefit wealthy people and literally oh. denying access to non non wealthy people and making it harder to, to use public transit, which is the master plan of like just demolishing public transit, because the more robust a public transit system is, the more access to anything like people of lower incomes have. And it's it's yeah. Also, it, yeah. um, it's it's less money to the auto auto and oil industry. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> I, that's, I that's a, a, yeah. I watched a video about um, why our public transportation uh, public transportation <laughs> system uh, in um, in America is so bad in comparison yeah. to literally everywhere else. Like, I know. Like, I guess I guess Rwanda has like um, an amazing subway system that they're working on and have funded just out of just out of taxes. Yeah, and like it's totally um, possible. Yeah, Le- Le- I think Lagos is um, 
like they've laid out plans that there's this completely 100 100% um uh renewable energy uh control mm-hmm. and all this other shit it's like they got the money and they are using it for the betterment of their people i know yeah <laughs> uh, well, it's almost it's, as if nigeria has a lot of problems too though Let, let's not forget about that but well yeah but <laughs> for if 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 the collective will is there it's yeah. obviously possible it's just convincing people that it's not and then people don't think about it and um, i also anyway. think that none of this is going to change like i mean because jeff uh, jeff you're actually you're you're correct in this that, that this is going to happen and it, it's going to it's going to work um and i think what will what will never happen is accountability for the for the misappropriation of funds because no, new york city not. is a pyramid scheme totally <laughs> right right <laughs> I no, mean, totally that's not going to change with old italian balls in it yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots, of, lots of balls and um, meatballs. Nipple piercings. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. the thing is, so they were already talking about. So they were already going to raise the price because of all this shit. Because it's like they they bought all those new uh, subway stations and like did all that last year, and then um, when COVID happened, they had to shut down the lines late to clean, and you know that cost mad money. Like. Uh, yeah. you know, cleaning from like one to five every day, shutting the lines down, people aren't using them and nobody's riding the trains. Like I had, I, I work at bars and I was unemployed. And then I had to work at one of the three bars I work at for a couple months this like summer and fall before they like eliminated my position essentially. But, um, mm. I would take the G and it's like, yeah, there were people on it, but it's like not the same. You know what I mean? It's like nobody's riding. So they were talking about raising the price already, which is insane because it's it's just like steadily going up. And they got rid of the, um, the student uh, cards where if you're like, like underage and you're like a public student in New York city, you can purchase like a card and it's like, free swipe it's like good 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 for like a year or they're proposing getting rid of it because they're losing too much money because people have all these free rides it's like a famous new york thing where like my my partner had it when she was uh a student here growing up in new york but it's like you know it's like an annual card where you you get swipes so you can go to school and shit you know Mm -hmm. yeah um so if they're getting rid of shit like that it's got to be pretty serious because that's really gonna fuck a lot of people like people from being able to like get to their education mm-hmm. you know again uh, this is this this being an issue in america is fascinating to me mm-hmm. like Amer- um, america is one of the only places in the world where you can go hunting on a full stomach like <laughs> yeah but but you can't but th- there's no fucking functional subway system that gets no. readily updated because like all of a sudden uh you had to give free rides to people and like it's just like it's fascinating that like that's the mulch that they're they're that's the pile of shit that they're putting in place of an answer to why they're raising the rates. It really like, lays <laughs> it lays bare uh, the priorities of those in power. You know what I mean? It's all it's all a money grab, especially yeah. especially because so many things in New York are run by people who are just made of money. Mm. It, oh, yeah. It's all <laughs> it's, pres- preservation of capital and. Yeah. Just, just accumulating as much as they can yeah. uh, and because any any bone thrown to poor and you know just 
not extremely wealthy people gives them that little bit more agency and maybe that much like ability to be more active in politics or whatever uh or or not even just politics just like active and comfortable but if 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 everyone is struggling and can't even focus on anything outside of their own day-to-day life if they don't barely have any money to last the week then they they, they're they're completely disengaged with the outside world in a lot of ways and that's 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 the 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 grand scheme of this stuff you know as soon as you give people like you know the whole the whole discourse on like uh you know the minimum wage and like what people should be earning you know if people if people are were all earning enough to live comfortably um you'd have a lot more just societal participation in general like you know a lot of people don't even look look outside of their immediate needs and they're struggling to do that week to week month to month They, they don't have the energy to be engaged politically or socially but if everyone was comfortable like that then all of a sudden you have you you are you have the ability to actually build a community uh among each other in a, in a way that just doesn't really exist anymore. You know, it's so atomized and individualized. Uh, Yeah. My mom, my mom used to say, um, uh, when you, when you have an American dream, you wake up tired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. It's, 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 it's like, it's the American dream, but a a dream is something that doesn't really exist. (laughs) You yeah, know, it's, it's, it's a fantasy. It's a, it's a, it's literally something you made up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one it's or two people. <laughs> yeah, one or two people may achieve that dream, but ninety nine point nine percent of people will never see yeah. that. But if you know, if you can convince the public that this one person, oh, they, they, they've found their way out of poverty and are now really successful doing this thing, you know, you convince everyone else, like, oh, well anyone can do that right and it's no it's yeah. it's completely it's propaganda basically yeah it's all it's all <laughs> there to make you like a, the better consumer for them and it's all like, it's all to convince you that it's due to your own moral failings that you're that you're poor or that you're not successful you know it's they they convince you that it's you did something wrong or you fucked up this well, this is a weird analogy but go with me um do any of you watch always sunny yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, it kind of reminds me of when um, Mac and Dennis had to live in the suburbs <laughs> and uh, Mac was making his famous Mac and cheese mm-hmm. every day, every fucking meal. <laughs> and it's like, I'm just going to eat this because we're kind of stuck here. And then he gets really pissed when he goes, you didn't even, you didn't even notice that I changed the recipe. Did you? He goes, you put hot dogs what? in it or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like, I, I think, um, uh, again, weird analogy. I, I, America is Dennis. Yeah. And I think if, 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 Amer- if Dennis acted like America in that moment, he would have just been like, oh, this is pretty good. Instead of just like being like angry that you're now eating dog in this already kind of terrible <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> like, I feel like a, it's, it's, it's really sad, like watching um, specifically white celebrities like fucking like emotional and crying about the election and just being like oh my god we saved the world oh, it's, we really did it oh my god my so nipples cringe. are hard this my, is so 
sexy. Lots of nipple come talk on this Kamala. episode. Come in, Kamala. Come in my mouth. It's just like, oh my god, you literally yeah. just you literally just participated in a sound political process, and that is it. this. It's not even the first step to the shit that we need no it's it's pretty pretty cringe you know but here's Mm. so many people are just like fucking cock out it's pink and hard and just Mm -hmm. like oh my god i can never i don't have to do anything else we did it it's It's all it's all just a fucking it's it's all it's a it's a it's a movie it's all a movie they're just they're almost there that they're edging until the uh the primary the uh (laughs) the runoffs in Georgia. They're just edging till then. They're they're on the on the cusp. Yeah. All, also edging is like going back to just s- sexual things. Edging is kind of terrible. I don't mm, like edging. Speak on that. It's like it's like coming is tight. Why not do it? Yeah, right? it's sort of like holding in a cough. Would you hold in a cough for that long? Like mm. no. You'll die, mm, dude. Interesting. Like, and there's, you'll die. <laughs> there's dangers involved with edging because you could mess you'll, it up and then you, you end die. up just having a ruined orgasm. I mean, blue yeah. balls, if you get and blue balls, over. your balls fall off. So you, you wouldn't want that, that is, to happen. Yes, yes. They taught me that in yes. sex ed. I, I yes. feel like we need we need to get Russell Brand on the pod to talk about edging. I feel like he would oh. know. He would be the guy to know about edging, I feel like. He looks like the edge. The edge of a cup, the edge of a desk, the edge. Oh, of I a thought you meant the edge from you too. From you too, yeah. We gotta get the edge on to talk about. Edging. He's the expert. Get, He's the expert. We gotta get the edge from you too. We could do it probably. If anyone yeah. can get the edge on, it's us. We um, gotta get a. Uh, we gotta get in touch with Scott Ackerman and uh, Adam Scott to see if they'll give him give us right, the right. phone number because they they interviewed the edge. Wait, we're, we're Adam Scott. Some DMs. Why is- why is that name so familiar? Adam Scott is in uh, what show? He's in Party Down, Park, Parks, Parks and Recreation. Party Down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a podcast the, with uh, with Scott Ackerman where they where they it's called You Talk and You Two to Me where they go through U 2s entire discography. And so the one of their last episodes was they finally got U two on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh. I actually don't even oh, like U two, but. It's a good podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're, I mean, they're actually like really gross politically. I think they like are anti-immigration and a bunch of other shit. You too is? That yeah. makes sense. And Bono? Like, yeah, I mean, Bono's like... Yeah, they're on their Morrissey shit. I don't really like Bono's had some cringe sure. public appearances, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Just kind of like tone deaf shit. He's cringe. He's cringe in general, dude. He's, yeah. Yeah, well, them the sunglasses. Them sunglasses mm. you can get at the fucking swap meet on Fulton <laughs> Street. Like, it's like... Yeah, yeah. You can get you know the woman outside of the Bedford Ave uh, subway stop. She's selling those sunglasses. <laughs> oh my god, is she still I, there? I no, definitely no, have bought it. sunglasses from I, her. Jacob, Jacob, we, pairs. Jacob, do you remember we were with a bunch of other people and we literally bought sunglasses there? From there, yes, well, exactly. It was like three I, years I ago. By, I still I, have I walked by that that Bedford subway stop right. and they finished they finished the construction. So like now there's oh really the, the entrances on the other side. And wow. the side ones, and it's it's so different. And you know how they they were doing the construction where that Salvation Army used to be on the corner on Seventh. Now yeah. it's like a brick. It's a brand new Citibank, and it just feels like a like I, when I got to that corner, I was Ugh. like, I was like, where's Seventh? What street am I on? And I looked, and I was like, this is Seventh now. 
this feel, it feels different. It does not feel the same. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, like, oh yeah, there, there's the Charleston. Like, this is weird. This does not it, feel like North Seven. And Oasis it, moved. It's down Bedford now, so it's not even right. The falafel place is not even mm, right outside the stairs it's anymore. It's closed. It's closed. That one, but, but they it's, moved. It's like moved. Now, now it's on Bedford, further down, like on like Ninth in Bedford. Oh, okay, okay. Because right. I, I as long as they're staying alive. Here, when as long we, as they're staying alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because like that's my favorite falafel place in Me the too. city. Same. When I first one. moved here, I lived off Montrose, and I would. When I first Walk. moved here, I moved. I moved to New York without a job, and I ate Oasis falafel. It was. It was three dollars when I moved here. It's now like four four dollars or four. Yeah, it's four dollars. But uh, it I, I ate Oasis. Like you know, I moved here with like a like. I don't know, like $4,000. And until I found a job, I ate like Oasis falafel like four times a week. I would eat like, I would go and get like two and I would eat one falafel in the morning and one at night. And one at night. (laughs) And it, you know, six bucks a day isn't bad. Yeah. And then I would eat at home. But, you know, that shit kept me going. That was like, and the spinach pies there, there's no cheese as a vegan. It's mm-hmm. oh nice, they're vegan too. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey. <laughs> mad good spinach Being pies gay. and a lentil lentil soup there. Oh yeah, so this is this oh, episode yeah. is brought to you by Oasis <laughs> Falafel on uh, Bedford and yep. I think Ninth <laughs> North Ninth maybe. I don't know. I I, I went there so often that um uh, when I fir- when I first moved here um I got um like an artist residency within like a month or something. So I was living on like North. Eighth and Bedford. Excuse me, in this like very massive like Williamsburg duplex. It was actually really fucking nice. I'm I, I don't it's I a nice don't know. area. Yeah, it's, it's actually really cute. Shit, you know. Yeah. Um. What I really love, what I love most about that what, living there was that they had city proof windows because I quickly realized that this is like the mm. Times Square of uh, Brooklyn. Because <laughs> like all these drunk assholes, all this good food, <laughs> it's just too fucking much. But um. Anyway. Um, I would often come home from shows or like be cleaning someone else's apartment because that's what I was doing too. And like the, I used to go there so often that the guy like at the counter went, I, he's, he asked me if I was, if I was a musician and I said, yeah. And he goes, Oh, what, what are you, what, when are you playing next? And I told him and he actually showed up. What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's sick. And it was so bad. We were like all, there were like six people at this fucking show. It was at home. <laughs> You know what? It, you know what it was? It was at Cake Shop. Mm. Oh, Cake oh. Shop, dude! Um, I love Cake Shop. Uh, I used to, I hated Cake Shop. They kicked me out. They thought <laughs> I broke shit. They kissed my ass. Well, you you also have like a pretty like aggressive performance style. Cake Shop's small. You know, I could see Cake Shop was like the indie like like twee type shit they would have like the poppy. Yeah. Shows, you know? Wait, why did you get kicked out though? Um, they uh I I personally think it was a racial thing because mm, they I I performed that night. So I had mm-hmm. a wristband. So yeah. they kept saying that um you're not you're not supposed to be in the bar and I said my equipment is back there. Yeah. <laughs> I have right. a strobe light and a fogger. Yeah, I work here tonight. You yeah, stupid whores. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. paying me. I hope. Yeah, I hope you, you're paying you. me, and they they didn't even pay me. 
they, they apologized. They apologized for kicking me out because I called I called the person that booked me who worked there. And I was like, right. this is bullshit. Like, I'm a, if if you don't sit, get this shit straight, I'm gonna call my peoples and you know, fifty dollars is fifty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, they should pay their fucking performers. I mean, that's that's yeah, on the booker dude, you, and oh my god, the venue booked and, again, and then kicked out on the same night. That's fucked up. Yeah, and then um and then and then again, like went to went to <laughs> went to Oasis and I flopped after it. Um, but um, they they like let me back. They let me back in and apologized to me and were like, "Oh, there's no more money because the bands took off with it." Um, split three ways instead of four, and I was like, "Well, mm. never playing here again." Yikes. But, right? Yeah, fuck that, dude. To fuck be that. honest, Manhattan venues, period, make mm-hmm. me cringe I, because yeah, Manhattan is a mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that. I, I'm not a fan of pianos. Like pianos, pretty whack. Never went. Opinion. Never went. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah, I don't know. I just so you moved here in what, like 2000. 15 2014 or some shit uh yeah yeah 2015 because we always talk about like i moved here in 2014 like summer like august and i always talk about like the brooklyn venues then like mm-hmm. fucking palisades was my shit you know oh yeah that was the spot i saw like i saw one of the og members from the queen perform there and then a week later he like killed himself fucking crazy Whoa, you were there yeah well oh I, shit i i went to the show there um and i chilled he was there um i think peter guthridge is his name and it was like right when the queen was doing like reunion tours around here i saw them play at rough trader on the same time and he was mm. an og member but he's like not in the queen anymore he, he did like his own stuff he had like his own project that was also on a uh, flying nun called snapper and then released an album under his own name. But he, yeah. he had like a lot of like mental problems and he was like institutionalized and he got better and he started oh. playing music again and he came and he played at Palisades and it was his first U S show ever. And I, wow. like, but I bummed him a cigarette outside and talked to him for a minute. And then I read online like a week later, he like went back to New Zealand and killed himself. And I was like, Jeez. it was really heavy. I had just moved to New York. I had been here for like a month or something. And I was like, man, damn, that's fucking crazy. I have like several of this guy's records. I'm like a huge fan. I just met him and talked to him. And that is crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's, there's videos of that show online. um, And he like, I think he just like improved it with members. uh, So there's that band Habibi and she's friends with, um oh Rahul. yeah she's friends with like i think the drummer from the queen has like a side project band with her so i think her and like a, maybe another person or maybe i'm wrong about this they like were the guys backing band for the night and they just like rehearsed once and it was like all improv kind of wow. it was really sick i don't know that venue was crazy i went to a bunch of cool shows there i saw shushu there and i saw you open for shushu at the bazaar right <laughs> that show was that show was crazy uh, that show was fucking crazy um, that show was crazy i quickly i found out that um the lead singer is allergic to the like whatever like vegetable glycerin or whatever's in fogger fluid and like oh, okay. in the middle of my set had to turn it off and i was like shit 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 oh, shit, no. shit um they were they were very nice people which is kind of surprising yeah. for that 
era of indie like rock shit because mm-hmm. th- those guys are mostly like literal like gunk they're like terrible people <laughs> yeah um, just the indie rock scene at large <laughs> oh yeah. my god it's so funny because i went um i haven't been going out much obviously but um i i really like my anxiety around the world is like amplified to a fucking billion the mm-hmm. la- we went beams like a couple of friends and my partner went out for a walk from astoria to transmitter park mm-hmm. and uh on the way we passed by brooklyn bazaar and like I, yeah. I started getting like flashbacks i was like oh man oh shit and like it's all graffitied over there's oh, no- that's nothing so sad it's nothing gone, happening with it i thought they were going to turn it back into like a polish like bar like it used to be they yeah. didn't do anything with it it was so sad that's mm, so sad yeah. i loved that venue i did too well, i remember the, the bazaar before that was also cool it was like kind of like a flea market like it was oh, all yeah. on like one one floor and it was like you walked in and there was a bunch of like arcade games and shit and the booths like the you know human head records had like a, a table they sold like vinyl and shit and then oh, there was human the, head records oh shit that's my that's <laughs> oh, actually my jam. i have i have a relevant uh brooklyn bazaar dream crusher story i did a drag number to hungry there at brooklyn bazaar <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yes. What it was, you yep. mean? Oh, but you had to my, do it at half volume, though, right? Oh, so here's the funny story about that. Um, this is so funny that I'm able to bring this up, and it dovetails so perfectly with this uh, what we're talking about. So I, <laughs> I, ju- I started doing drag performances like last year, like middle of the year, and so that was like one of my probably like it's like my second or third number that I'd ever performed, and so Holy shit. yeah, and so I was like. I'm you know pretty green and still getting used to like you know I've performed on stage here and there but like doing drag was like so super new so I was like okay but then uh, the the hosts of this show at Brooklyn Bazaar are like the the weird punks and so they were like they the, I've seen was it shows Tyler? um well it was the Nobodies do you know the Nobodies like Ariel Italic and Lady Berica uh no I probably do and like am like missing the names i'm, I'm fucking retarded uh, <laughs> um but anyway the, the people who hosted the show you know they, they're they known for for hosting really out there parties and stuff so i was like okay uh, you know they had an open set and so i'm like okay i can do like anything i want and so that i was really into that song at the time and so i was like this would be like oh. so sick to do that and um do you know uh do you know diamanda gallus the 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 yeah the, of course i do <laughs> i spliced uh, yeah i spliced a diamanda gallus clip to the beginning of it and then it went right into the song i can send you a clip of it bitch um, do you have video there's a, a short clip i i didn't get a full recording of it but there there is a short clip i can it, i can send it to you but um it's so funny because um it's, it's funny that you bring this up i'm actually like gonna ask uh drag performers to make fan videos for uh my next uh single um send oh, me the so. link <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, have, I mean i have to finish the song because i'm not yeah. motivated to do anything ever again understandably um, but, so <laughs> but once i finish the song i'll like i'll like, send it to you for that would sure. be so cool um but anyway the funny oh the funny God. part about that performance was a i was green and I still am. Yeah. I've only done a handful of performances like last year. And then obviously I was trying to get into it this year, but nightlife is dead. Right. So I couldn't really do anything. So anyway, it, yeah. it was, it was early on, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this like crazy noise song. It'll be cool. But then it, I, I ended up being last on the open set. And the thing about Brooklyn Bazaar is that they had like a noise curfew. 
So we had to be like out of there oh. by 10 p.m. And it was like yeah. 9.55. And uh -huh. the DJ was like, um, hey, is your song under five minutes? And I'm like, actually, it's four minutes and 30 seconds. And and he was like, yeah, so we're going to have you like do the song. Like it can't be over five minutes. And like we can't really do it super loud because there's a noise curfew. And I'm like, uh, it's a noise song. I would like it to be as, as loud as possible. Right. But then, then they, <laughs> th and then also like, uh, uh, most people had left at that point. <laughs> it was like five people. Um, it. And so I was, I was, worst. I was trying to sell this like chaotic noise song, but it was like at half volume. And, yeah, and it was oh, like, man. it just, I was like, it was, it threw me off so hard. And I was yeah. like, man, this is not ideal circumstances. So I'm dying to do it again in the proper environment but yeah so anyway that's the yeah. story of my of my number that i did I'll, I'll see if i can pull up a clip of that i fucking feel your pain so <laughs> i when i when i the year that i moved here i'll never forget it um the first show i played after the tour because i came here i landed at jf was it jfk no it was i think it was LaGuardia, mm -hmm. and the, as soon as I landed from LaGuardia, that was the first time I'd ever been on a plane, too. I, I played a show at Silent Barn, and then we went on mm. tour, came back, and then, like, a month later, we played at uh, Norbert's Pizza. Oh, mm. Norbert's? Yeah. Norbert's, we played, the vegan pizza spot? Yes. The the old location, too, not the one that it's at right now. Mm -hmm. the, the, the OG the, one. The one. The one on one side since the original location, right? I think it's like right under the train, right on like the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the one I performed at was on um uh not murder. What's the like Central Ave or something? Like like Bushwick proper. The, but um, there's 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 one like right by the Taco Bell at Flushing. That's like the new one. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I just remember uh playing there and like someone had rented. I think probably the worst PA system that they could have possibly found on Craigslist <laughs> that night. Yeah. And no one sounded good. I played with, um, do you know, Talison? Mm. Um, they were on, uh, one of six point nevers, uh, imprint, uh, software for, they had like a couple of releases on that. They're actually really incredible. I, I think they're like done with music, which is really pisses me off. Oh, um, mm. They like moved upstate or something. I think they had like family issues, but they're incredible. Mm. And like, I, I everyone like had to stand really close to the performers in the PA because they couldn't hear. It. They were also Norbus was also actively making pizzas during the show, and like the <laughs> owner, the owner got really fucking pissed because there was like no room to do anything. So we oh. were in the way of their business. Like, oh my lord. I mean, on the on the low, like this may have to be cut or bleeped, but it's like um, my buddy used to do weed delivery, and I'm pretty sure Norbert's owner owns it, and Norbert's is kind of the front for the weed delivery. Uh, that's why that's why it's uh, the pizzas. That's why the pizza is so shitty. Like even for vegetarian vegan say, pizza, it's real. It's really bad. It's like, so you bad. Know, it's, as a vegan, it's like I live near it. It's like my last choice for pizza, even though they cater to vegan shit. But it's yeah. like it's it's bad for a reason because that's not their fucking main shit. Yeah, and the weed they, was all right. It was all right weed, you know. Great. Yeah, just snitching the, on the podcast. Yeah, I the I, the <laughs> only time I ordered that's not sure that not the only time, but 
one the first time I ordered pizza from Norbert's after I found out they had vegan like options, it took two hours to get anything, and I got the wrong pizza. Yeah, oh they suck. They're, they're like they're notoriously <laughs> bad. Like I, I, I like, fuck with them for being veg and vegan, like supporting that. But their food is no good. It's just no good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got I got to finish the story. I, I just realized I tracked out myself. But um, <laughs> welcome welcome to our podcast. We bar- we barely <laughs> finish stories. <laughs> no, I like um I got um I was like the last person on. Um, and I hate that. I still hate that, even though, like, if on some of the bills, I'll just, like, play with friends of mine. And I'm obviously, like, some more popular than some of my friends. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't, I hate them because people always leave. Everyone's scared of what I do. Everyone thinks it's scary. <laughs> you, but we'll go, but we'll you gotta trap them go in the room. room. You gotta, you gotta lock the doors. Everyone, no leaving. You're, you're not allowed <laughs> to leave. You're trapped. Oh, yeah. But, like, like a great white show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no. So I, like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, like, I went, I went last. The sound system had not gotten any better. The mic wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, my friends had like sh- just shown up and like we're, they thought that the sound check, cause I, we didn't do a proper sound check. They thought the sound check was the show. So as soon as I finished <laughs> sound checking, they left. Um, then um, it's like a hard times like, headline. They're like, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty good yeah. tonight. And I, and I was like, it was very clear that it was a sound check too, because I was standing in front of the monitor going, I can't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's nothing coming out of this. They were like, I so, love your new direction you're going in. Very, very yeah. meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your ambience, your new ambience set. Um, yes. different, but, different style of performance, but you know, <laughs> kind of chill. Kind of chill. Yeah. But but the the last song I performed was like one of like the early iterations of like some other songs that were going to come out on Grudge Two, and like mm-hmm. I started like thrashing, like fucking thrashing, and then mm-hmm. like one of a friend of mine who was like visiting from like Columbia or something who's like fucking massive starts fucking like Boston style slam dancing <laughs> and like <laughs> ru- like kicks the fucking like count. You do you remember the um, glass counter? That's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he bumps into the glass counter and then like all hell broke loose. And like the, <laughs> these two, these two, I'm assuming they were European girls because it's Bushwick, were like, they start thrashing too. And it was like a whole thing and that was like the only song I played. Wow. And, the, <laughs> and then like I we just went home and like my friend felt my friend who I was sleeping on their couch decided to give me twenty dollars because she felt bad. So the, you gotta so tip the girls. That, yeah, so that is how that is how the year my first year in New York started. Uh, first show of a hundred and six shows that wow. year. Damn, um, wow. that's crazy! You played a lot of shows your first year here. Damn, my my, my first year, and then like what? I think the la- last year was like forty, and that was like low. Mm-hmm. And some of them were out of state or out of the country, so they don't really count to me. But <laughs> listen, New York, New York is a fucking spoiled. That's all I fucking say. Yeah, <laughs> definitely true. Definitely. I mean, it's part of the reason I moved to New York was live music. Just being able to go to shows. Like, yeah. I don't play. I just I love going to shit. Like, you know, my first when I first moved here without a job, the first way I was making money was selling my records to Human Head because I lived down the street from Human Head. Travis, mm-hmm. the homie, he's like I, I used to work at a record store in Florida. And we would talk about like working at record stores and I would go in and chill and like smoke weed with him. 
So when I would bring records for sale, he would be like, what do you want for this? And I'm like, I don't know, man, go through it and tell me what you give me. He'd be like, you know what you have, like, you know what it's worth. Tell me what you, (laughs) tell me what you want. And I'm like, you know, as close as you can do to 200. And he's like, here's 200. Like, (laughs) you know, like he trusted me. He's a good dude. So I would do that. And then I would go to shows and I would buy records or I would go to rough trade because it was all new. They didn't have used records then. And I would just look through all their records until I saw something that I knew was worth more money than they were selling it for. And I would buy it and then sell it online. Yeah. Jeff's original like, hustle. Go to a show, go to a show. And it's like, like, I remember I saw, um, perfect pussy and, um, Oh God. And Throwback. what, what's that other, they did a split with them that, that like British band, um, that was like, Beatles. kind of like jangly. No, uh, I'll remember, but, um, they did like a split with them that came out with a comic book and it wasn't out yet. But they had like, they had like early test presses at the show. So I bought like two of them and I sold the next one online because it wasn't out yet for like 150 bucks. Oh my God. Nice. You know, so Jeff, you should I start like your own Pawn Stars show where you're just, you're just <laughs> I'm out of it. selling I'm, records. I'm out of it. I haven't been, I haven't been buying or selling for a while. Like mm-hmm. when I first moved to New York, that was my plan. Like get a job at a record store because I had record store experience. So I just went to record stores and like hung out and like talked to people and mm. tried to like be a regular that they liked, you know, and Travis yeah. liked me, but he wasn't really hiring people. Like, I feel like he had like two other dudes that worked there and, he, you know, very small operation. Like most record stores can't afford to hire people, but I think he picked up after a while, like the store got more popular because it was still pretty new. Right. When I moved here in 2014, like, I think it was only like a year or a year and a half old. And he's a cool guy. Like that dude, he like later in life became a fan of records and he became obsessed and was like, I'm going to start a record store. And he like started that store and he like lived there. (laughs) Yeah. And, and he's a sick dude. And, uh, yeah, just go in there. Yeah. He would give me like 50% of what he was going to sell a record for, which is more than any record store is going to give you. Like Mm -hmm. the record stores I worked at, they would give you like, four percent you know yeah yeah um, and now so, you're on that pokemon card grind right like in the sopranos nah, nah. so my <laughs> start robbing whoa. trucks my dad uh he bought a bunch of pokemon card booster packs when i was a kid to like you know give to me like when i was good or as a reward or something as a gift you know and he had them they were like two dollars like each and he had them in storage yeah. he forgot about them and he found them he's selling a bunch of shit on ebay now to like you know he's retired he has shit he's just like getting rid of things like he's um doesn't want to pay for a storage unit anymore so he's like selling all the shit he had in there and he found all these packs that he bought and they're going online for like one to twenty five one thousand to like twenty five hundred dollars a pack so i was like (laughs) study studying the market and helping him sell them online yeah but i think it, it, de- it declined a little bit so it's not going for as much right now so i'm like hold off jeff's yeah, dad flooded the market with rare pokemon cards but the <laughs> thing about it the thing about it is i'm not getting any of this money i'm just helping it's all his so it's like there's a there's you a can person. charge a commission charge a commission. Nah, 
he told me he's gonna give he's gonna give the money to like my sister's kids for like their college fund. That's, so I'm like, you know, that's a more noble cause for sure. There's I'm no, like, you know, don't. It's not mine. You bought them. Like you yeah. never gave them to me. Like right. I have my own Pokemon card collection at my parents' house that I'm like, don't touch. I'm gonna sell that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's someone on Twitch cards. that's uh, burning Pokemon cards on the Twitch now, like rare Uh-oh. ones. It's just all that's they do. sick. Wait, because are you that serious? Makes, yeah. That makes my cards worth more money. Mm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like the that's like the people on YouTube that are like, uh, let's see how this iPhone survives an incinerator. Or like, let's see <laughs> yeah. this, let's see what happens when I put this iPhone in my pussy or like whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. Yeah, because they monetize. Taking a bath with the PS5. They put PS5, PS5 dual sense controller in my pussy. It's because they, they put they put ads on their YouTube videos and it's such a controversial video that they make more money than the than the thing costs to buy. So it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. It's content. Is, ooh, you just ooh, you just you just gave me an idea. Because yeah. like, like there's like so many like get rich schemes that are like that that I just don't mm-hmm. even fucking think about. Yeah. Mm. Like it's like, gotta, all those like all those bitches that are selling fucking like collagen infused like cookie cutters and shit it's like mm-hmm. what mm. but like people bitches buy that shit people will. oh yeah <laughs> well you just gotta you just gotta know like put put ads on your video and make the most clickbait title no matter what the video is about like be like be like giuliani uh died you know <laughs> Yeah, Giuliani dead. Trump Trump releases video talking about it and put it on your next music video as the title, and that yeah. shit will blow the fuck up, and you'll make mad money off those those ads. You yeah, know? your next oh, your man. next uh, your next album should be called uh, Cuomo sex tape real un- un- unedited, <laughs> and you're gonna pure pure, pure streamix. Yeah. Oh man, uh, eight point uh, no, seven no, best it, new music. It should it should be called Cuomo Grinder Hookup, and yes. it's just like somebody the 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 the, the um uh, thumbnail will just be someone just bent over getting their hair pulled. It's like, what? <laughs> like what's happening? It's like and it's, I want it's to a, see this. Yeah, tape tape only release, and the first side is when you're here, and the back side is your family. Yes, <laughs> that's got to be the name of the episode. It definitely right. is. There's no way it's not at this point. <laughs> oh my god! I will never like. So so, I have so I have to, I have to. Tell, I, oh, all right. I just took a sip. So I have a, um infused <laughs> apple cider that I'm sipping. Uh huh. And there, I just get waves of like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it it just so, so happens to be every time Cuomo comes up. Hey, hey, it's, it's, it's the waves, honey. It's the waves. Um, but, but um, what was I going to say? Um, what were we talking about? Oh my god, Cuomo sex tape grinder um, album cover. Get rich quick scenes. Shit, shit, shit. Um, yeah. your family. Yeah. Oh yes. So my sister is a chef. Like she was mm-hmm. trained in Italy. She's a chef. Like, and she has two restaurants in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um. And my mom is also a really good cook, and she taught everybody how to cook. Obviously, um, I started. I learned how to cook from her when I was twelve. Mm-hmm. My fucking mother loves Olive Garden, mm. so 
here's the thing. The last time my whole family got together uh, was, well, God, now four years ago. Jesus. Um, wow. I, can only, I can only handle them so much. Um, <laughs> but um, when, when my siblings were in town all, all at the same time, my mom wanted to go to Olive Garden. And my, old, she, my, my sister, who is a chef, she's my oldest sister, she stood up and she said, I am fucking offended by this shit. <laughs> She's like, bitch, I can make pasta. You want to go to Olive Garden? <laughs> oh, my. The like, breadsticks, like, though. Like, bitch, I have a fucking Dutch oven that yeah. I packed for this whole trip, and you want to eat at oh, Olive Garden? She brought the Dutch oven. manufacturing shit. <laughs> oh, my and, like, Lord. It, it was, she she was kidding the way the, the way it came off it was like clearly jokes mm-hmm. I was dying laughing I could, I was on the floor <laughs> it's just like it's it's just so funny because like I noticed like I don't know how how much food TV you guys watch but we, we've been watching a lot um, yeah of course <laughs> but one thing I'm one thing I'm learning about chefs they eat like shit too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they go to Gray's Papaya. They go to fucking McDonald's because they like the fries. It's like very weird. It is well, the, McRib is, the McRib is back. The McRib is back. That is true. So, the yeah. McRib is back. McRib is back. It's, didn't it's back didn't Bobby Flay say that? Didn't say? Didn't Bobby Flay say that was his favorite food or something? Maybe I wouldn't be surprised. That makes sense. I would Bobby not be surprised. Flay, McRib. So it was like a famous chef that was like the McRib is like the most genius uh, food product known to man, and I was just like, wow. "I'm gonna, I'm gonna sapuku myself." Did you just say <laughs> that fermented coochie McRib? Was, <laughs> <laughs> you you think that is food? Okay, well it's it's the uh, it's, it's like the David fresh, Chang it's the fresh onions Domino's. and the pickles on it. It's the fresh onions and pickles that really uh, like, seals the deal. I've never had a McRib. I'm, I'm waiting the uh, McPlant, the vegan, the vegan uh, McPlant burger is supposed McPlant. to come out next year. Oh um, yeah, because I know I know the UK. I'm gonna has try it. it. Um, I'm gonna try I, it. I, you know, yeah, I, I'm gonna try it too. It's so funny. How I don't know, um, uh, Jeff, if you know that many um, vegans in the UK, but they also eat like THX 1138. Like, <laughs> it's, it's very weird. Like, they don't eat meals a lot of the time. Like, mm-hmm. I have a friend who, like, only drinks Soylent. No oh, meals. God. No Jacob breakfast. did the Soylent. Jacob did the I Soylent did for one a while, right? You did? I did. I gave it a shot. It's not worth it. It's like, you give up one of the greatest things in life. That's what oh, you yeah. end up doing. And it's I don't know right. if you're keeping up with this, but now that I've um i uh there's a protein powder that from sun 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 warrior that i get that's really good and it's like Mm -hmm. it's like almost it's like almost too sweet which which is what i want Mm -hmm. um but i went to order more on amazon and there are so many companies that are like mini soylents now Mm -hmm. everyone's doing like the meal replacement protein vegan non-dairy non-soy non-nut non-food non-water it's i don't know why it's like everyone's trapped at home now let loose like yeah i'm just also, cooking, i'm eating like, i'm eating also, you know? anything anything that will rob you of the experience of eating a thing that you cooked is like sad yeah mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> like, definitely like, for sure Cooking is fun if you like do it right and like mm-hmm. are open to learning it. It's like a fun thing. I cook all the time. Well, I don't. I do not cook all the time. 
I didn't think about that. I'm like, mm. you you are we, allowed to lie on this podcast. Just for yeah, the it's, right. it's a you lie. Can, you can say podcast. whatever you want. We don't oh, fact God. check. We don't. We fact do check not anything. fact check anything. <laughs> As a rule, fact checking. Speaking of fact checking and tying it all back into New York government, you saw the fucking lawsuit. You saw the lawsuit against Facebook that all the states are like in. Uh, I saw the headline. Like, I can't really remember what it wait, is. Th- wait, what? What happened? All, like forty-eight states, including New York. And they're, they're going to perform and, an and autopsy like the, on Zuckerberg. Dude, I, well, I, I, so. I wish. What, what are they going to find? It's going to be like that scene in fucking Men in Black with the alien inside the guy's head. <laughs> with the one with the little guy, like yeah, with the little guy. There's like a, there's a little, there's like a little, uh, there's there's a little incel inside of Zuckerberg's well, head. Oops. I don't know if he has that much life, Jeff. It's true. <laughs> He's charging. That's the thing. Um, he's still charging. I, yeah, but actually, the, uh, I actually think that that's the that's the kid from AI. I think he's the kid from AI. <laughs> yeah. he, like, he like turned into this like evil corporate entity robot because yeah. he's, his, he's his parents gave him away. And he, he oh fucked over the wink the Winklevoss twins in the process. <laughs> but, yeah, the Winklevoss but, uh, twins sound like Matrix characters. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, oh, like, yeah, for sure. They got they got like five hundred million dollars from him. <laughs> oh gosh. But um, so they're all suing. They're all suing Facebook for like be, being like a monopoly. Essentially, it's kind of mm. like what happened to Bill Gates with Microsoft, like back in the late nineties, early two thousands, where it's like, well, we're proving that you like either crush intentionally like crushed or bought out anyone that could compete with you early mm-hmm. so you could have a social monopoly so basically the only choice anyone has for social media is your company uh because you bought whatsapp and instagram for yeah. like a billion and 19 billion dollars which is like a steal for you guys yeah and, yeah no, uh, i i did remember reading about that a couple months ago um so yeah well it, it just happened this week with all the lawsuits like yep. the uh att- the attorney general of new york made like a huge statement about it mm-hmm. and um they're trying to like break up the company so essentially they're Prob- they're like lobbying for either like Facebook to have to sell Instagram or WhatsApp. Mm. So what, it's interesting what does that mean? It's interesting you know? that of all the people to sue for that particular reason, because there's a lot of people to sue for that reason. It's interesting mm-hmm. that they pick him and not Bezos. Mm. Right. Because well, they're saying in the social he, media space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like, also I, I didn't realize this until maybe like a year ago. Um, but Jeff Bezos also owns like sixty percent of all internet servers. Mm-hmm. Or something crazy. Right. Yeah, with Amazon <laughs> Web Services. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, pretty AWS. much everything lines Jeff Bezos's pocket. Like yeah. Netflix for a the long time. The military uses ran Amazon off Web Amazon's services. infrastructure. So when yeah, you were watching Netflix, yeah. you were paying Jeff Bezos. See, okay, yeah. we we brought this up a couple months ago with a different guest. I argued that Facebook is much more likely to fall than Amazon will ever be. Like, fi- like, like stuff like this mm-hmm. is much more likely to permeate Facebook, but Amazon is so entrenched in yeah. the entire, every it's, aspect it's, of the economy that I don't know if it'll ever go away. It's, it's also like a different business model. Like Facebook relies too heavily on like that section 230 or whatever that Trump was trying to overturn in the defense bill where it's like, they can't be sued over 
user generated content. So it's mm-hmm. like, if that goes their whole business model and the internet, mm-hmm. as we know it pretty much goes where either oh, yeah. they're not either they can go continue as a company and moderate nothing and be like, everyone can post anything and we're not going to edit any, anything because then mm-hmm. that shows favoritism and we could be sued or they cease to function because they'll be sued over any type of censorship. And if they let anyone post anything, it's going to turn into like eight chan where it's just like all trolls. And then yeah. no one will post anything anywhere on the internet will lose credibility. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I have questions. I, I have questions for you guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I was just going to say, I, for one, just donated to Wikipedia, so I don't want to see that happen, because I invested. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to do that, too. <laughs> they bo- they have, bothered me enough. Like, yeah, 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 so I annoyed. I, like, I think I have $10 after my Venmo. I'll, like, Venmo them, because that's... Yeah, I, I feel Wikipedia can't go away. I feel mm. bad. I'd rather give to them than, like, the alumni from my college. I feel like I learned more on Wikipedia. I wouldn't have gotten through college without Wikipedia, so... That's true. yeah. I'm never yeah, giving money them. to my my school. Fuck yeah, gosh. me either. They call me all the time, and I feel so bad. I like I tell the person, you know, the people have a script, and they like have to. Talk I, to yeah, you. it's, and like it's usually students. They're students. Yeah, they're students I actually working. I did the I did that as a summer job, and it's right. awesome. So I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad. So yeah. I tell them right up right up front. I'm like, hey, like I know you're doing a script. Like I don't have any money. I'm an alumni. I don't live in Florida anymore. I live in New York. Um, you know, I work in the service industry. I, I don't, I don't have money for you. And, um, I know that you're going to ask me for this amount and then you're going to talk to me more and then you're yeah. going to lower the amount yeah. and then you're going to talk to me more and you're going to lower the amount that you're asking. And I'm telling you right now from the jump that I don't have money for you. Sorry. And they still have to go through the scripture. I know. I'm just like, dude, I don't want to hang up on you. And like, I know you're just trying to do your job. Yeah. And I talked to them for like 40 minutes. Like I'll be at a bar. Who are you talking to? And I'm like, hold on, like I'm trying to be ni- nice about this. Do you Ooh. answer every phone call? No, I stop because now nowadays I get so many spam calls because they're trying to yeah. do all these scam scams. Spam calls are so through the any, roof. Any I call from like answer Florida, contacts. I don't answer. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't answer oh, anything yeah. I don't see. If I like, if I don't know what the number is, it's like if it's really important, they'll leave a voicemail. Otherwise, forget about it. I'm oh, talking. Yeah. I, I'm talking in the past, you know. Mm. I used to pick up more calls. My weird calls come from like, uh, like New York State, like not like seven one eight area codes, or like mm-hmm. fucking like Nashville or some weird like. I don't know. I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll, I start. I started doing this where I'll Google the area code and be like, mm-hmm. "Who the right. fuck is this? Why don't know anybody right, in fucking right. Saskatchewan? Like, what is going on?" Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm from I'm from Massachusetts, and my phone number is a Massachusetts number, and so I know it's a spam call if it's an unknown number from Massachusetts. I don't right, even bother right. answering it because yeah. I have no one who would call me that I don't already have in my contacts. That's yeah. me, but I've also been like through this pandemic applying to mad jobs. So I'm always like, oh, sure. what if it's someone calling to like yeah. talk to me about my application and they just happen to have a number from like from like uh, New Hampshire and they live in New York yeah. and they're calling me from their cell phone and I miss this call and it's like, fuck, I don't want to miss any opportunity that I'm like trying mm-hmm. to get to secure the bag, you know? 
Yeah. Which hasn't been successful yet. So if you are hiring and you're a fan of the podcast, what's up? I got a lot of free time. <laughs> We're looking for employment opportunities for Jeff. So if please. you listen all the way to this point in the episode, yeah. You know what I'm capable of. <laughs> <laughs> Filibustering. <laughs> Lou, did you say you had a question before we got off track? I was gonna say I have a couple of questions I, for you, for you, for you, lovely humans. Okay. I was gonna say, first question is, where are you? What are your favorite things that you've watched in quarantine? Oh wow! Is like entertainment, and the other mm. is like, did you did you guys know who I was before this? I'm 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 always like when I <laughs> when I ask that I mean that I mean like. I'm always surprised at who's a fan of my music because it's it it's it's such a wide, strange range of people. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I was I, I did your your song as a drag number. Um, okay, <laughs> I've seen one. you a couple of times. I think you were played at one of the last shows I saw before quarantine came. I think. Oh my god! What, what show yeah. was that, Jaden? I think it was one. I was at trans pecos i think and then there was someone who went on and then you went on afterward and then i also saw you mm, at halloween last year with deli girls oh yeah, yeah. that fucking show was crazy yeah oh my god so, somebody pulled one of my dreads out oh really oh holy shit, shit. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. it was like a, it was like a dookie dread. Like, it was I broke like, <laughs> I broke my glasses at that show. I had to get new glasses. Yes, oh, but it was a great I'm thing. So, I'm so happy for people who are brave enough to wear glasses at any of these fucking shows. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I won't be able to see like, anything otherwise. I got it. You need the crocky, yeah. the croaky <laughs> things that like go around the back. Mm. You know what I mean? The, yes, like, band. yes. Yeah, um, that's what Jay, Jay, Jay and Show Me the Body does. Yeah, it's like a rubber, like a double rubber band sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I was that gonna say, sense. I'm like, I'm a fan, you know. I'm like into noise and like, you know, like I said, going to shows. Like I go to noise shows. I go to a lot of stuff. Um, the, so I, you, I asked that. I thought of that. Que- I thought of this question because you you mentioned the clean, and I was like, that's a deep cut. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> we're like we're like musicy <laughs> fan. Like this is kind of like a loosely music themed comedy pod. But uh, it's like, you know, I saw you play with Shushu and um, when you followed me on Instagram a little while ago, I remember immediately hitting up the pod and I was like, like I hit up Jacob and Aaron and was like, yo, like Dream Crusher followed me. I'm, I'm going to hit them up at some point to come on the pod for sure. Like it was like, this, this was, <laughs> it was planned for a minute. You know, I, I had been wanting to reach out for a while because, you know. That's that's one of the main things when someone follows you, you're like, okay, not only is my message to them not going to sit in the request folder forever, because I do reach out to people that don't follow me and they'll yeah. probably see it. But it's like, you know, it's people, if they follow you, they, they like your work. So people want to work and do things with people that they like and respect and like-minded type shit. So as soon yeah. as that happened, I was like, yeah, I had already wanted to reach out because, you know, since we are a music pod, I try to get a lot of musician guests and I try to do a lot of New York guests because we talk about New York shit a lot and yeah. different types of music. You know, I'm always looking for different shit. Like I worked at a record cool. store. My record taste is eclectic. So 
we're always trying everyone's got different perspectives and different shit popping so. i also like personally i love everything about like actually seeing you perform because i think that like experimental music in and of itself is a lot of like dudes standing up there just fitting them with knobs staying mm-hmm. still yeah. the whole time being quiet but it's like you, not too. Smiling. You, you command like the stage when you're up there it's like performance like in and of itself do you know what i mean uh, like you do uh, i think i think <laughs> i think though no but when when i've seen you every time like i have like friends come to something and you're playing i feel like even if they weren't there to see you like you make them see you i think that rules it's Yay! completely different than how most i think experimental artists do things you know what i mean yeah. for sure I, yeah. yeah there's i think because of i don't know the history of experimental music is very funny to me because it was meant to be fun in the first place that was kind of the whole mm-hmm. point with a lot of the originators they were just like, adequately enjoying their time mm-hmm. and like somewhere in the middle of all that it just became extraordinarily pretentious mm-hmm. you know you know you know what it is actually I actually peg it to a lot of the specifically in New York City I really peg that to um so many um interesting and innovative artists and musicians in the 80s in New York died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. And I think that made it less about the fun and more about, well, let's let's put meaning on these people's work so that it lives longer in that realm of things. Mm-hmm. But that kind of fucked it up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It, literally, it was a reset when you think about it after like the AIDS epidemic like it's like very much so much of that is just it's like people restarted and it became like very pretentious it became very like kind of really gear heavy you know what i mean but it's just yeah 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 but i think I, you antithesis to it is a great thing yeah I, I i love like pissing those people off because it's it's, it's so funny because i played a show i opened for um um, wow, and of course I would forget their name as I say it. Um, mm-hmm. It was at Elsewhere. It was like the biggest show I'd ever played there. Um, shit, 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 tits, fuck, ass, shit. Where's the... Um, oh, I love them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck, what is it called? Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I can't remember. They're an old British band. Um, they had just gotten back together. It was like, they, they said that it was their last show ever, which is like, well, mm. they're, they're going to pull a share and then be out like in two, <laughs> in two years. Um, but when I played there, um, it, the crowd was mostly like old British people and yeah. like that kind of like, we wear African jewelry and shave our heads type of people. Uh, um, yeah. And like, ooh, ooh, David Tibet is my idol. That's uh, those kinds of people. Gotcha. And yeah. like, and the, one of the the photographer that works there, who's incredible, um, whose name I am now forgetting again. Jesus, weed is bad. Don't do it, kids. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, fuck. Uh, ooh, it just came. It was just. It was right there. Anyway, um, phot- photographer friend that works there um, works for the New York Times. He's like incredible. Um, uh, came up to me and like gave me a big hug and was just like, oh my God, we don't see shit like that here on this stage because the weird shit gets in the zone one. The zone right. one is like mm-hmm. small. That's where it, I saw 100 yeah. Gex there not that long ago. Yeah. That was like the last show. Oh I went yeah, to there. what the fuck 
was that? Oh my god! <laughs> it was wild. Jacob and Aaron were. You guys were there. Uh, no, we didn't. We couldn't get no? tickets. No, no. no. Oh, we, right. we saw a couple oh. other DJ sets, but we, I've actually never seen them perform live. As right. It's, it's okay. so funny. I remember. It's so funny because they've never not been big. So the fact that they played mm-hmm. in Zone One was just like, girl, what? I got, um, I got, I got guest listed. My friend works for Elsewhere and does like, mm, does like the year. bookings and shit, and. She guest listed me and my friends, uh, and apparently they refused to be on the bigger stage. Like they were like, "Let us book you on the bigger stage because you guys are sold out." And they were like, "No, we only want to play in the small stage." So that's, okay, that's right. why that makes it was. Sense. On, it was on them, yeah, because it was like I a like secret. That. It was like in between. I feel like bigger shows, and they wanted like a really intimate show. <laughs> Yeah, didn't they um, play at Madison Square Garden or something that year? Like opening for Brockhampton. It, yeah, Brock it wasn't. Yeah. It was not literally Madison Square Garden, but it was a different stage at Madison Square Garden. Oh yes, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would be really hilarious to watch. Wait, was it, on was the it a main, different stage? Yeah, I don't think it was the main stage. stage. No, that no, would have been hilarious. How? how is there a different stage at Madison Square Garden? That doesn't make sense. Oh, to so me. Madison Square Garden's like a complex. Like yeah. it's mm. like people. It's there's like a film stage. There's like a couple film stages. It's. Have you been to Knockdown Center? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of like, like it's, it's not as big as Knockdown Center, but it, mm-hmm. it has the same setup where mm-hmm. like all these mm-hmm. different rooms. Um, sometimes the rooms are different things. So like if there's not a show happening in a certain area, they'll turn it into like um, uh, backstage for bigger acts for that sure. night or whatever and put like full walls up and shit. Yeah. I forgot to finish my story again. I'm fucking I'm high. No, shit, it's but... perfect. Perfectly on brand for the podcast. No <laughs> but um. I was like chatting it up with my friend who was taking pictures at this big show that I was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I met um, the co-creator of, of the group and he's like a sweet British guy. And like, he knew my music, but mm. I noticed during sound check, um, they came up, they came up to like, listen and they both went like this and walked <laughs> out. Oh no. <laughs> and then was at it- the was it this heat? Was that the band? Yes. Yes. Okay, I did some oh my snooping. god! Oh yeah. my god! That is such a simple phrase to know, mm-hmm. and I did not. Know. Thank you. Oh my god! Um, they were very nice people, but their fans were like, like monkey pit. It was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? But um, the that, that kind of reminds me of what I heard about. Uh, wasn't it a hundred Gex and Pop Smoke? Yeah, playing at NYU. Hundred Gex Pop open for Pop Smoke. So all the pop smoke fans were were like just I saw some clips there like uh of of all the pop smoke fans just watching Hunter Gex like what the fuck is this? Well and um, then pop, I pop smoke it, didn't play, pop smoke didn't show up or something. Yeah, he didn't like, show up. It was like a big deal. Yeah, it was oh, an NYU wow. show. I wanted to see pop smoke and a hundred gex. Well, You're the only one. Smoke, pop smoke, pop smoke is gone. There's no more yeah, pop, pop yeah. smoke. Pop I smoke wish was I w- killed. Uh, yeah. pop, pop smoke is killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, speaking of like classic experimental, this week the world lost a, a true great Harold Bud mm. passed away because of COVID. Early mm. like collaborator with Brian Eno, 
did that Moon and the Melodies album with mm-hmm. uh, Cocteau Twins, and recently even put out a record with uh, uh, Robin Guthrie, I think, of Cocteau Twins. They did like mm. a collaborative. Oh my god! Album. Passed away of COVID this week at eighty four. Wow. It's fucked up. Holy I'm shit. like, I'm truly mourning. I'm like a huge Harold Bud fan. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but like, I'm on their Wikipedia page and I'm like, oh, you was like the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that's now that's how I am every time Jeff mentions something, to be honest with you. I go Wikipedia (laughs) on the sidebar. Truly ambient, like, like he's known for like the soft piano sound. So it's very like spacey, ethereal, ambient, Mm. like, I don't know. It's beautiful music. Like, truly fucked up it's like one of the hardest celebrity covid yeah passes wow. that has affected me um so yeah shout out to harold bud everyone go listen to that fucking shit definitely and zone out yeah. um i did i wanted to get back to your first question which was what we've liked watching during quarantine oh <laughs> <laughs> which was a, a while ago but i think it's a good question because it's end of the year uh, we we've been uh, we've been joking about doing a podcast Spotify Wrapped. Not really sure what that means, but uh, <laughs> I guess this is part part one of our improvisational. Uh, you wouldn't download a podcast Spotify Wrapped, uh, and I would I would love to uh, talk about what our favorite things that we've watched this year are because I have a few. Um, I've been watching a ton of movies recently. Yeah, um, same. And I think my favorites that I've watched this year, I think. My my most memorable is. Um, have you heard of the film called Looking for Langston by mm-hmm. um, Isaac no. Julian? So it's a rather rare uh, experimental short film about Langston Hughes, and it's it's one of those films that's it's not it's not like on streaming or anything, and it's it's more of an art film, so you'd only really be able to see it at a screening. So, but I was able to find a bootleg copy of it and. Uh, it's very beautiful film about Langston Hughes and uh, wow. the Harlem Renaissance and um, gay society uh, back back during that era. And, but it's also very surreal and abstract. That's a very beautiful wow. film. If anyone can get their hands on a copy of that, I would recommend it. Um, I also watched Possession for the first time. That was fire. Have Wait, you seen which Possession? one? The uh, uh, 80s one? Yeah, 1981. Mm. Um, that movie is fire. That that scene that's in the subway where she that's, has like that scene pus in the subway is coming iconic. out of her ears, dude. So that's fucking good. Also, like, it's like Berlin before um, Williamsburg happened to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, that movie yeah. is fire. I have to rewatch it. I feel like I missed so much the first time. It's so densely packed with like imagery. And like yeah, just it's a, all it's the performances also, are so wacky. Like there's that guy that there's the guy doing like Kung Fu in the apartment. That character is amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, the director uh, makes a cameo on the train. Um, he's um, he's uh, sitting on the train where um, she's like crying or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's oh, also, I love that. I love that. Also, um, you just reminded me of something. Isabella Johnny is like a very underrated scream queen. Oh my for god! Sure. For what sure. else? She was in uh, the the Nosferatu. Yes, which mm-hmm. I also watched, and she has some iconic moments, like when she's just laying there and her her hair is perfectly 
cast cascading on her pillow and like the light is just Ugh. on her face it's iconic yeah it's iconic that movie is nuts yeah so um so and then she the other the tenant too what the polanski movie the tenant oh i don't think i've seen that oh one. i just that saw that yep. yesterday actually mm-hmm. yeah she's really good in that I'm about to she's, she's a, she rules she's so good yeah. Jacob was talking about last week, uh, Black Bear, the Aubrey Plaza thing. I'm like interested in renting that. I'm like Ooh. curious. Is that, is that on good. Netflix? It's not. I, I don't, think I had to I don't think rent so. it. Yeah, you oh, have to rent um, it on Aubrey, Prime. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza's on another Netflix horror movie that's like weird. Mm. Yeah, it's that lesbian Christmas movie. <laughs> that's a horror <laughs> movie. <laughs> that is so oh, wait. Um, uh, Black Christmas? Oh wait, the original mm. Black Christmas, like Not the seventies one. one. Like, I know uh, HBO Max keeps um, shoveling uh, fucking Black Christmas two thousand nineteen in my face. Which is like, <laughs> it's like what? What do you? The original you, one you is on? fire. That's a great movie. The, the original, original one 70s is one. I've, I think I've watched it three times since yeah. quarantine. So I think the movie I've watched the most uh, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I really mm. like classic. It's such a. First of all, the score is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, it's really good. Like, I, I don't even know if it was intentionally good. Yeah. Like, there's it, some iconic it, camera work in that one, too. Like, there's that, sh- there's that like, tracking shot where she's, like, walking into the house, but it's, like, firmly low. And yeah. it's, like, following right behind. Like, that shot is, like, really memorable to me for some yeah. reason. Yeah, I watched um, a documentary about how fucking terrible it was filming that. Oh, I bet. Because it was, yeah. like... It was um his it was Toby Hooper's first not his first movie but his first like uh widely released movie and yeah. like there was no money and then like uh uh when it came out it like it did what a lot of movies do now that are indie and good they'll do like a really small run of like uh festivals and like not many people see it and then like all of a sudden a New York Times movie reviewer is yeah, in the audience the, and they try to get the buzz going like, yeah um, mm-hmm. But they also talked about um, the original. Um, you, it's, it's still in the credits, which is kind of funny. The original um, distribution company that uh, uh, sold it um, was run by the mafia in New York City, and wow. they took they took all the money. The the only um, Toby Hooper went on to like make pol- Poltergeist and other stuff, so he like made a lot of money, mm-hmm. and he eventually paid the actors. But um, uh, the woman that plays. Uh, uh, ooh, what's her name? The lead lead girl, shit. The girl in the, the, in the last that, scene. With yeah, the chainsaw. yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, the, the scene with the chainsaw. Her, yeah, yeah, the, the chainsaw girl. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, the woman that plays her said uh, she didn't get paid until 1993. Whoa! Oh my and, god! Um, Sally, Sally. Sally. Yeah, and I think Le- I think Leatherface said that um, uh, he. The I think he, he's the Leather, the original Leatherface is also from like Maine and like mm. never acted again or something like that because he just like he felt so he he literally lives in Murder She Wrote Town like it's really yeah. cute yeah <laughs> and like he's this very he died recently too and like mm. he just looked like a very sweet old man that was like in a student film <laughs> yeah <laughs> I felt right so right bad for him. <laughs> damn that's like one of the um, most famous horror characters ever and oh yeah just, that's brutal. oh yeah. So yeah, tailing off that, I was going to say for quarantine, I've been watching a lot of like the the like HBO true crime 
documentary type shit. Uh, there was oh. that Murder on Middle Beach came out a couple of weeks ago. It was four parts. Hmm. What's Pretty that about? It's, My mom this, loves shit like that. So this guy, he, so this kid, he, in 2010, he's like, I don't know, 18 or something. His mom gets murdered. Uh, and he started making a documentary about it. So it's the, the creator of the show is a subject in the film, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and there's all these like weird conspiracies with different family members and his dad about like who could have possibly killed his mom. Like his dad has all these like secret bank accounts and did all these like secret projects and like refuses to talk to him about it hmm. and has like a crazy history with him. And he's Jesus. like mad, mad suspicious. And he owed the mom like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's like very sus. Yeah. And then Whoa. his aunt, his aunt who like lived with him is also like, like potentially someone that could have done it. And she's like the person that discovered the body and called 911 and had like problems with the mom. And the mom secretly ran these like pyramid scheme women's groups that would like, they were called like gifting dinners or gifting parties where it's like everyone brings in someone that has $2,000 and it was like a huge pyramid scheme oh that she was making like hundreds of thousands of dollars and like the police won't like, it's still an open case. So they won't like really cooperate with him. And he goes and like does interviews with them over the years and like secretly records them and shit. And it, it's pretty Jesus interesting. Christ. It was only, it was only four parts. And by the end, it's pretty inconclusive. Like, he hasn't really figured it out, but the dad is seeming more and more sus. Wow. wow. It, it just it ended last week. It's pretty good. I, I recommend it. That, I watched I, that. I, mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm sure formally, because it's HBO, it's 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 a little different. But have you guys ever seen the film Tarnation? Oh, I, I need to watch that. I've been that wanting to watch that for so long. One of my favorite documentaries and probably just favorite films I've ever seen. Like, you have to watch okay. it. Like, yeah, check it out. like basically it's this, this guy, um, had been filming himself from when he was like eight years old, uh, on video cameras, eight millimeter cameras, just documenting his life. And his whole story is about his mom who, uh, was a rather successful, yeah, well, a rather successful model when she was young. But um, for some reason, I can't remember all the details. I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, she ended up having to get shock therapy and it completely fucked her up for the rest of her life. And this film is documenting interviews with his mom, just kind of filming her erratic behavior and then also trying to figure out, uh, you know, asking her father, uh, who is very old in, in, in the film, he there's a scene where he interrogates her father, her, her father as to why, why they sent her to get this treatment. And it's, it's met with this uh, like really hostile uh, defensiveness. And so it's, it's, it's like this decades worth of footage. And, oh, and, and the other, the other really fascinating part of the film is this, this guy is so fucked up from his childhood. Like his mother is just, he, he has this really close relationship with his mother, but it's obviously like her, the mother is really, 
in a lot of pain for obvious reasons. Yeah. And so he's really kind of traumatized, but then, so he, mm-hmm. he records himself performing for the camera and there's a scene where he's like eight years old and he's doing this monologue as like a battered woman. And it's at first you think it's like a, he's doing it to, uh, for comedy, but he's then it, repeating it, what it, the gets, mom said. it gets so dark so fast. And Woo! it's like this eight year old boy in drag, basically pretending like she's a battered woman. And it's like, holy fucking shit. And like this kid was just filming himself like no audience he wasn't showing this to anyone and so uh, you know he, he was I, the original tonetta yeah like actually <laughs> it's shit. like it's you got i have the dvd if anyone needs a rip of it i can hook you up but like i'll let you know if i can find it i'm gonna look it up later tonight so what happened was he made this film by himself in iMovie and so the aesthetic of the film is very much like mini dv uh low lo-fi and he edited it all himself. All the effects are very style, like, you know, that iMovie style where it's like you 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 see the all the effects that are added and, and it's very artificial looking, but it really adds to like the homemade quality of it. And so what happened was I think he showed it at Sundance and the original cut was like three and a half hours long and Gus Van Sant was in the audience and saw oh. it and he was like, he found him after the screening. He was like, I will hook you up with a, with a team to... Uh, edit this down to feature length, remix the audio, get all clearances for all that. Because he used a bunch of like pop and rock songs as the soundtrack mm. that was completely right, unlicensed. That and like, almost would cost all, a billion dollars to get licensed. The thing is, <laughs> mm-hmm. almost every single artist who had music that he used gave him the rights for free after watching them the film because they were so moved by the film. Wow. Okay. Yeah, oh, it right. was like Iron and Wine and like all these like really big musicians and they were like yeah you can have you don't have to pay us for this, this, this they're like so, the only, so the only artist that pro the only artist that protested and needed to be removed from the soundtrack was metallica <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that does yeah, not surprise yeah. me at all they, wa- um, they wanted the bucks the big bucks yeah. but i can't recommend that film enough it's really fucked up but it's really i've never seen another movie like it. it's it's pure like I, i'm i'm i have my own opinions about documentary and what that genre even means anymore but this is like pure documentary filmmaking. Like it doesn't get more genuine than this. It's uh, I, I it's just turning into an ad for that movie. But uh, it's, it's definitely definitely watch definitely it. Definitely gonna gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah, Jacob. What what's your your pick? For yeah, the, uh, it's hard to like save one thing. You know what? Honestly, the thing that I enjoyed doing the most during quarantine was watching anime. True. Okay. I feel like yeah, I watched yeah, yeah. I went end, through this like Eva, end of Evangelion. That shit is life changing. Mm-hmm. I went through like oh, this yeah. uh this phase earlier. I was watching like a bunch of the other Peter Strickland movies. So like the new one that he came out with in Fabric, which is about that dress that was haunting people and murdering them. And then I watched the Dukes of Burgundy, which is about like this BDSM couple. It's wild, and one of them is like a <laughs> like is a moth collector or something. Uh, but, and then I also did like this little bit where I was watching like a bunch of, um, what's his name? The dude who did the favorite, Yorgos Lathmos. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. He did like the killing a sacred deer, right, dog right, tooth, right. etc. Oh. I watched his whole filmography. All really good. I need good. to see that. Yeah. Dog tooth is my, one of my favorite ones he did. That one is, 
beyond crazy. It's about like this this family that is like blackmailing their kids into thinking there's no outside worlds oh, except God. for like they tell them that their brother they had a brother when they were younger and he was killed by a cat because he left mm. the house. So they're they like think that cats are like like there's like a scene where like they they find a cat in the yard and they like kill the cat. Because they're like, we have to kill the mm. cat or it's going to kill us. Oh, my God. It's so oh good. Did you, it's like ridiculous. That reminds again. me of, um, have you seen um, uh, Good Night, Mommy? Mm-hmm. I watched that mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, actually. Yeah, I, I, I thought of that when uh, when you said that. I, I need to see a lot of his movies. Um, mm-hmm. I also, you just reminded me, um, I, I have, I when quarantine started, I got a shutter subscription. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, because they, they have like a bunch of like classic horror movies, like a lot of mm-hmm. Dario Argento movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I, that I love, like almost, I went in getting it because I wanted to just hear the soundtracks of these movies. For sure. The goblin soundtracks. So, oh, the yeah. goblin <laughs> shit is so good. Mm-hmm. But like, they're also just really fucking beautiful movies. Oh my God. Yeah. Suspiria. Gorgeous. <clears throat> Oh yeah, I need to I need to rewatch that again. Um uh I didn't listen to Tom York's renditions because like <laughs> what? Like <laughs> is this so 97? Wild. Like what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I didn't I haven't seen the new one yet. I know it's very polarizing. A lot of people said it was as good as the original, heard, yeah. but then a lot of okay. people were like, nope, it's not good. So I I, I have I, not formed a opinion on it because I haven't I feel seen like it. I gotta be in a special headspace for that one. I gotta be yeah. ready to go. Yeah. We're gonna have one, to stream one, it on the Discord. We'll, yeah, we'll watch sure. it together. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing. One thing that I watched that I keep watching is a TV show called uh, "I Think I May Destroy You." I've heard that's um, great. Mm-hmm. I it's, heard it's yeah, it's HBO, right? It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it is. It is so. Jesus, I'm. I'm just gonna say Jesus fucking Christ. There's <laughs> a lot happening in that fucking show. Oh my oh, god! Wow. But it's so good, and it's also oddly fun. It's also very British. Yeah, it's mm. very like it's it's the London that like family members of mine tell me about. Okay, mm. um, but a lot of um, British friends of mine who like watched the show or were involved in it in some way were like, "I've never seen this London on screen in my lifetime." Mm. And like, oh, yeah. so it's authentic. Mm-hmm. It's very authentic, and it's um it's about uh, the creator and writer's like personal experience. So it wow, feels man. like it feels like it's tackling issues, but also hugging it out mm-hmm. like all Isn't at it, once. It's supposed to be like a really deep statement on like consent and shit like that, right? From That's what I've read, it. I, I'm I'm curious about it. Yeah, it's it's part that, but honestly, it's it's about everything. Every mm-hmm. time I watch it, there's like. Even like the weird, like scenes that look like they don't make sense make sense. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that way, and like it's so funny because the cre- creator of that show did chewing gum, and I hated mm-hmm. chewing gum. I couldn't was, get into chewing gum. I could not get into chewing gum. It's just like it's it it sounds like the name, but also I want I really wanted to like it because like uh, if I don't. I have family kind of all over the place, but in in Europe, a lot of my family is in like the weird, like northern, like suburbs slash ghettos of of London. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think I have like family in like Italy somewhere, 
Like there's a there's a lot of shitty towns in Italy, apparently. And I didn't know this. I, it's Italy's like the New Jersey of Europe, apparently. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> not everyone's playing music. Hey, I mean, just watch balcony, the Sopranos. You know? Just watch the Sopranos. <laughs> I was gonna say, the, 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 I'm assuming you're Soprano fans. Oh, we're oh, yeah. huge Soprano okay, fans. So, yeah. So remember when they went to was it was it uh, Sicily? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. like mm-hmm. the <laughs> the scene where. Um, uh, the they're trying to load the big boss in the wheelchair into the car, and then that kid. Uh, it sounded like gunshots, and they so they knock over the mob boss to cover him, and they <laughs> find out it's just a kid with fireworks, and they beat the shit out of this fucking kid, <laughs> and are just like, "You, you motherfucker!" And then they beat the mom up because oh the mom, my god, and like Tony Soprano's watching this like the ghetto the way he he looks at them the way that america looks at new jersey yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it was very funny to me i was gonna say with that other show it's like i trust them like i pretty much trust hbo like if something comes out on hbo even if you don't like it for your personal taste or whatever it's entertaining it's like interesting you know, yeah. from like a creative standpoint. So I was going to bring up, I, before you joined us, Lou, I was talking to Aaron and Jacob about, I watched a How To with John Wilson. It's like six episodes. Okay. Very, very like every episode is How To something. And it's like, you know, th- I watched the last episode yesterday and it's like How To Make the Perfect Risotto. And it's like about his okay. landlord who lives downstairs and always makes food for him. And he hangs out with her and watches Jeopardy. She's like an old Italian grandma. And they hang out. Yeah. And he wants to make her risotto because risotto is her favorite food. Mm. So he wants to return the favor. But since it's the last episode, it's right when COVID's hitting. And it's very documentary. So it shows him like uh, in the supermarkets. And, you know, it's like the show's very layered. Like it's about making the risotto. But it touches on all these other issues and like how to live in New York. And he lives in like Ridgewood. So it's all like Ridgewood Bushwick. I'm like, damn, he's literally at the supermarket that I bought my COVID shit at. Like I could have been there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? And uh, right. it's, it's, it's very like Nathan for you. Like Nathan Fielder is a producer on the show. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. that kind of vibe, like documentary, but like interesting. And that shit kind of rocked my mind. It, it got renewed for a second season and it's very good. Highly recommend. All but, right. Um, Aside from yeah. that, I, I wanted to say for, I feel like this episode's been great, but for wrapping up for plugs, I know you've been, you've been <laughs> like trying to get your, your record pressed on vinyl. It's like a, a campaign. Oh. Can you tell, tell us about making that happen? I want to like plug it so people can contribute to the campaign before it ends. Yeah. So this, this year has been very weird. Um, mm. I, was literally depending on shows to get it through the year because studios are really expensive. And I, I just like, don't, I don't record as much as I used to. I used mm-hmm. to make, I used to make music every day, like not, not, not before COVID, but like before moving to New York, because as soon as I moved to New York, I just had to kind of play all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's so weird because this year I've, I put out two of my most successful records by myself or not. No, with PCP and like also while not being able to promote them in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, it's very, it's, it's all very weird. And like, 
the the two records I put out are Panopticon and Another Country. They're like a month apart. Um, I was almost, I was just starting to record Panopticon when COVID hit. And like, I had to like, I the building I live in, we're like the youngest people in the building. So I can't do my like punk vocals. This is not going to fucking work. Yeah. And um, so I had to like drastically change how I recorded everything basically. And the same with another country. Um, and like the, when I, when I put up the Panopticon vinyl campaign, it got to like 90% in like two days or something crazy. Mm. And I was just like, uh what the fuck Um, people want it you know they want that shit on vinyl like i'm a record collector myself and it's like i love tapes and getting a tape that's only on tape but like if i could get the tape or if i could get it on you know wax or both like that's fucking sick because it's hard to get noise shit on wax you know oh it sure is i was um when i was working with fire talk they they had that on the table as an option and i just like didn't see it being viable because it's so fucking expensive to make vinyl yep mm-hmm. and like they, it's yeah. niche so it's, it's, like, it's, you know. it's super niche and like uh pressing plants because because and they pressing plants know what we know it's mm-hmm. like oh you want you want to make vinyl you have to make a minimum of 250 of them yeah and it's like um but yeah um another country is like one of my most personal records um i didn't think that people were gonna like it because it doesn't make any fucking sense like (laughs) i I don't make any fucking sense and like but i wanted it's like it's like a fun ride kind of i don't know i'm i'm i don't know why i'm like well it's cool because it's like it's interesting to see like the constraints like you had to like change how you did everything for this album because of like constrictions in the world and it reflects in a cool way that people are into it and everyone's at home they want they're consuming they, they want new media they want new tv shows they want music they want movies because you know they're trying to have that normalcy of like shit coming out and everything's pushed because bands can't tour and promote and they can't they don't want to release shit because they can't make money behind it yeah um, like all promotion the, this, wise yeah and this was this is all in addition to how fucked up things were in the first place like let me tell you something i i would i, I had to like get to a point where i had to like fight between real work and like asking for what i think i work for performing mm-hmm. worth for, for performing and like it's it's just so funny because like I I was really lucky to get to a place where I could mainly perform and then find freelance shit in between to make up the difference to you know survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it that took that process took a long time. I've been making music since two thousand two, or like officially. So like like the whole like trajectory of that was like just beginning to change where I was just about to say I'm a touring musician. And that mm-hmm. was, it's like a very important thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Cause yeah, people, yeah. Cause a lot of people just make music and don't have to do that. They make, they make shit for Ar- Ar- Ariana Frappuccino or whatever the fuck her name is. So they don't have to like <laughs> tour or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, with another country, like, um, I would say that that I was working on a lot of that like a year before, but um, like little skeletons of like songs, not anything particular, but like I didn't really begin recording for another country until like the day after Panopticon came out. So it literally only took a month to make. 
Um, and mm. it took a lot out of me. Um, so please buy it on vinyl. <laughs> please yeah, do. I was going to say, we'll link it in the description. Like, it's, it's going and I'd like to see it on vinyl. So I hope that shit reaches w- however much it needs to reach to get made. Cause that shit's sick. And the tape is sold out. So I can't get that shit. So oh, yeah. we, make the vinyl, we'll prob- we'll, make the vinyl um, happen. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll restock the tapes for Christmas because uh, so many people are so mad at me because I, I thought I was going to um, restock them for the, the, the literal last bank at Friday. And we just like, oh, shit. Oh, oops. We forgot. And it's like, <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But we have well, I'm tears. We I'm going to that tape. The, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to do the say the tears for the Another Country vinyl situation. Mm-hmm. So w- tier one is like, you're just a fan and you want it. It's like the vinyl record and the digital. And then the second tier is you get the autographed test pressing plus the official branded vinyl and digital. Nice. And then the last, the last one is um, you get the autographed test pressing. I include you in production pre- credits, which will probably be printed on the sleeve. Um, uh, you get, and then you get the LP and then the digital situation. There are only four slots left of that. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's like a whole thing. And, I got to shout out Bandcamp. Can we can we talk for about sure, Bandcamp though. for a sec? Oh yeah. So so here's the thing. Bandcamp Friday's great whatever. They're like not even no one's really competing with them as a company as far as like ethics are concerned when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Right. But I have I just recently switched from uh Pixel to Apple and it was like a whole situation like terrible customer service mm. Gar- like they just want to get you off the fucking phone they don't fucking mm-hmm. care <laughs> yeah but mm-hmm. they Bandcamp has been specifically specifically very lovely with this whole vinyl process mm-hmm. because they could ease this is this could clearly just become a money grab for them because they're already making a lot more money uh because of the whole Bandcamp uh Friday thing it's like really amplifying their business but like, I've yeah. specifically just left learned to appreciate good customer service. I just want to say that mm-hmm. because the people that have, I've been talking to have been like actual, like human nice people who like are interested in the process. And that does not happen very often. Yeah. People in COVID, pre COVID, whatever the fuck, like people just want to work. <laughs> They don't care care the, about. It's the most most important aspect of any company. If I have yeah. to, if if I have a problem and I'm going to be on the phone for like 12 hours trying to deal with it, and I still can't get through to anyone, mm-hmm. I'm not going to use your fucking service. Like I yeah. had that problem with Uber. Like Uber's impossible to fucking Ooh. talk to. You. I mean, you Uber's, know, got, Uber's evil, f- evil for a number of reasons. Oh Best yeah, Spy, I forgot to say something. Fucking companies. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to say. That's why I'm locked out of my fucking Twitter account because I switched phones and my two the two factor processor, whatever the fuck factor mm-hmm. notification, whatever uh-huh. shit. Um, it's connected to my old phone number that doesn't oh, work anymore. Oh my god! So I'm trying to contact customer service <laughs> so I can get into my fucking Twitter account. And awesome. holy shit! No, nothing. It's like, uh. I can't like I can't promote my shit on an entire platform what? because they can't get this shit. If any together. if anyone listens to this fucking show and you work for Twitter, you have twenty four hours to solve this fucking problem because that's absurd. Yeah, DM Jack right away. Yes, We're getting Jack Dorsey on the fucking line. We're starting a hashtag free dream pressure. Oh, yeah. Hashtag yeah, so free dream pressure. 
I I strongly think I've I've been processing this just to round this off. I'm I'm convinced that Jack Dorsey has like good dick. Oh, probably. He gives me like he gives me like startup bro, but like can I, I as a person who has had a lot, I used to I used to bang it out the first year I was here. I was banging. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but startup guys usually don't have great dick mm-hmm. and that's why they're terrible people sure but i feel he's, he's giving me like he's giving me like you know like he's got the nose ring he's got a nose ring you know he's yeah cool. he got the nose ring he be he be he be um you know he be in bushwick he be, he was at flat who was at flowers you know mm-hmm. you was know? He? <laughs> he went to flowers yeah you know he's he's giving he's giving sis like oh wow what, yeah what's like, up? He, he's, well, like, he's like a doomsday prepper too so he's like a little manic don't you think I, yeah i thought oh, yeah. i thought i saw him at the tricky youth show at flowers <laughs> <laughs> i thought Yo, i saw him there tricky oh my I god Have tricky. You, do, do you know tricky personally yeah 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 tricky's the boy so I was really, really, really like, I don't know how to feel about this. I was like really shocked when they said they were in Seattle and the Chaz. Mm-hmm, they went oh, to the Chaz, mm-hmm. yeah. I have a couple friends that went, uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I did, I did too. I was like, why? What are you doing here? What are you doing there? I don't understand this. Why? Well, why he, moved, he moved to, to L- he moved, Tricky moved to LA. So not, not that, not that far, not that. That, Did he really, when New York natives like of of this generation, when they say they're moving to LA, they always come back like um like six oh, yeah. months later. <laughs> he's crawling I feel like he's, back. I feel like I feel like he's most been there of them for, like, don't even year. get that lease taken over. They just keep it open. They're just nah, dipping. He, <laughs> yeah. he, came back, the he came back to visit not that long ago. He was in New York. Like I was okay. thinking about hitting him up, but I wasn't. I'm not chilling with people really. I'm like taking this COVID right. shit pretty seriously. Yeah, but uh. He was here not that long ago. I feel like he did like Philly and New York not that long ago, and he went back to L.A. Yeah, but yeah. Tri- Tricky's like, great. I'm, I'm, I love Tricky. I love Tricky too. It's just, it, I, I specifically am asking because he's just like <sighs> Tricky, and people like Tricky. I met because I met I met Deli Girls when I met Tricky, mm-hmm. and like yeah, Danny, that just that whole crowd of people. LA's environment doesn't vibe with that kind of energy mm-hmm. at all. No. Like it's so it's so spread out. Yeah, it's so right. like everyone's so insular. Mm-hmm. And not not insular in a New York way where like people still come to shit, but like they just won't talk to you after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's 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 very different. It's like yeah. kind of hopeless out there. Well, mm-hmm. with Tricky, I feel like what happened is Tricky's music, you know, Tricky's done Tricky had the Angel Project, which is like ambient noise, and then like the yeah. Tricky Youth is kind of like kind of like rap rock. But I feel like Tricky's music kind of Tricky's releasing a lot of like SoundCloud rapper type shit now. Yeah, and I feel like L- LA is the spot to go mix up with the producers that are in that. So I feel like that's part of part of like Tricky doing the Tricky artist thing. It's like you yeah. had to, you know, you had to be in LA. I can't. But, I can't wait, and for I can't wait for this SoundCloud rapper thing to go away. We'll see. It's, we'll see what happens. It's it's like you got now. You got the doorknob wearing Supreme talking about Zans. It's like well, it's in the main. It's the, the doorknob, sis. 
the doorknob. The doorknob. Fuck. It's, Will, Will Pete brought that shit into the mainstream, you know? What oh. I mean? it's like, uh, and then Juice uh, World making like the emo rap thing. And oh know, my god. Also, I'm Juice really. I don't know. As as a person who like. Like, my mom was around when hip-hop started, you know what I'm saying? And, like, oh, yeah. I'm so sick of every new artist is a new type of rap. Mm-hmm. Can we... <laughs> it's it's all hip-hop. It's all hip-hop. And the only people that are, like, really segmenting the shit away is, like, Buckshot from fucking Duck Down Records, uh, fucking mm-hmm. BDP-ass people. And, mm-hmm. like weird startup white boys with snapbacks on it's like it's well, like an either or type of spotify thing in invented the term hyperpop and now everything is hyperpop which is doesn't n- no one who is in hyperpop yes! knows what that means and they all hate yes! it but now they can't escape it yeah, yeah. but as an which artist, i think is like it, you know that's it's like shoegaze came from a fucking like what melody maker article i'm pretty it's sure like, every you know, genre every name genres. of every name of a new genre of music starts as a pejorative yeah it's well, like it's a music all, it's, it's a music right. review yeah it's all critics and they're like making up a term because they're like what is this shoegaze and then all of a sudden it's a new genre yeah right it's, that's it's all, all it, that's it's, all it's ever been yeah. It's so lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. I, I, I specifically get like get like annoyed with that because like I guess what you can call what I do is noise, but like for a very long time no one kn- knew what I looked like or knew that I had melanin and um <laughs> yeah. would like just would just call it noise. And yeah. then as soon as I started putting out press photos, people started calling it noise rap. And I said, what is this noise rap yeah. that you, you young people speak of? And then I Google it and the, this, they just said it's death grips. It's just death oh grips. Oh my God. That must and be like, the most annoying thing. I saw, yeah, this, and- I saw this J- JPEG Mafia clip where uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Fantano or someone asked him like, what do you think about being compared to death grips? And, and J- JPEG Mafia was like, fuck everyone who says that I'm like death grips. Like, I don't, I don't mind yeah. death grips, but fuck everyone. All those fans, they suck. That must be the, mo- the yeah. most annoying reductive comparison, it's right? Wild. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, it's literally because, um, it's, it's, I thought of this when you brought up uh, perfect pussy because we, uh, uh, we know, we know each other mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. uh, she, we, we did an interview, uh, for, I think the New York times. And like, we were talking about that and there, she, she literally was just like, they call you that because you're black and you're yelling. That's it. Yeah. They, they, mm. There's no thought These in it. It is so a, lazy. They, it is they need a so box. lazy. They yeah. need to be like, this is this thing. So yeah. we can like tell you what it is. Yeah. We can't explain it unless we tell you that it's this thing. Yeah. And then that's, we frame it the, all around that. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it's what, what it really is, is, we need this thing to be easy to sell because, and, and they're doing that because they think that the, they are assuming that the American populace is going to read it is stupid, which is probably true. But why are we sinking to their level? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. real music fans they, understand the nuance of like the subtleties of complexities. It's like, Oh, this is this type of music. It's like, well, if you and, listen to it, you can tell that it's not just that they need and, to. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a prefabricated yeah. framework that most, a lot of musicians, most more experimental musicians, they're not thinking about that when they're making the music, but then all of a sudden 
the the critics have to categorize it somehow and then then you say oh yeah. uh, you're subverting uh norms of hip-hop in your music what do you think and you're like i wasn't trying to do that like, necessarily who's saying that <laughs> um, you know what it is it, you, you, like you just hit the nail on the head also just like um oh shit i lost it again weed is bad oh my god um it's um <laughs> this episode sponsored by weed i love Buy weed it. at I your nearest fu- weed I, store i fully endorse weed i love it i just you know i love I, getting lost in the sauce mm-hmm. yeah i i literally only just because of quarantine started picking up like this as a habit because like i'm so fucking depressed and i can't yeah. afford therapy and i don't drink that well mm-hmm. i mean i drink i mean i i don't do drunk well but i don't think sure. anybody does but <laughs> no, whatever right. um it's all levels of uh, denial yeah but to go back on what you were saying um it also covering music that way also negates the fact that the nuances in the music are also interesting to read about <laughs> Yes. So you're fucking up the actual art of journalism yeah. because of these, like, and all, all music publications are owned by banks and shit anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Totally. Yeah. 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 And like, it's, it's really sad because I'm now learning that it's, I used to blame the writers, but it's not the writers at all. The writers come out to shows all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like no, they it's, well, they're, support, yeah. They're, like, they're like, they're like, give us a 250 word blurb about this artist. And it's like, it's like, yeah, you can't explain the nuance of their music in a fucking listicle top 10 of like the new things that came out. It's not mm-hmm. going to explain it right. It's not yeah, going to resort to shorthand, right. basically. Yeah, I got into, um, I was uh, talking, uh, when at the beginning of this, um, I was talking to my mom when uh, Panopticon came out. And uh, everyone, on, on the way I saw it on my end, it seemed like everyone was making lists of the blacks to buy things from Um, buy these things from these blacks yeah here you go and (laughs) i just thought why don't you just instead of categorizing my music as just black you could just put it with everybody appropriate put put it wherever and then let people discover it and make up their own fucking minds about it yeah so Mm. because when you put when you put black artists in a fucking box like that you would have to be invested in black people in order to do that. And a lot of people just fucking aren't. Mm-hmm, yep. right. So like you're, you're automatically setting up. So when, when that, when I saw that happening, I was like talking to my mom, I was like, these fucking music publications don't give a fuck about us. Like, no. <laughs> well, it's like this, the same with me too, where they're like women artists. It's like, yeah, they're just artists. Just put them in with yeah. fucking everybody. Everybody. Yeah. I think um, don't be like uh, top 10 women artists of the year. It's like, man, those releases beat, so many male releases just put them out at the top 10 list of everything of the year. Yeah. Even, even, even the Netflix is doing that. I just went on Netflix uh, the other day and they're, it's like, uh, black, they have a section. I don't know. They they do this all the time where they have like, well, there's black voices and there's a black behind the camera. And it's like a lot of just regular Hollywood movies. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I kind of liked that because it's like you wouldn't know unless you Googled it, that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But specifically the black voices thing, like it's fucking Tu Wong Fu and like Baby yeah. Boy Three and like some other shit. And it's like, what the fuck? The only <laughs> the only people, the only people to get this shit right was fucking Criterion. Criterion oh, yeah. said, Oh, oh, you want blacks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's- and guess what? This shit is interdispersed all throughout it. 
Oh my <laughs> god! And it's and it's and it's deep cuts too. It's not just like you're. Well, you Criterion's know, classy. They do it right. You know, yeah. they're not for the. They're not for everybody. They're for the thinking audience. Right. You know? oh, the yeah. thinking. The thinking audience. Which is actually us. we're so smart and we're smarter than everyone. So we're we're deliciously smart. Yeah. Um, Shutter also <laughs> Shutter also did a great um, uh, thing for Black History Month. Um, mm-hmm. Where they uh, did all, they had a lot of uh, like deep cuts of like black horror, mm-hmm. um, and they had um, interviews with the directors who were most of whom were still alive, mm-hmm. um, like via their homes too. Wow, and they yeah. also had uh, there's a uh, do you remember Burn Hollywood Burn? I don't know if I mm-hmm. know that. It rings um, a bell. It's, it's an old. It was. The original uh, Burn Hollywood Burn is like a shitty like fifties movie of some sort, um, oh. but it, then they I think it's Robert Townsend who if you don't know his work he he's responsible for why the Wayans brothers are so important important um, he they gave um, he, Robert Townsend gave uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans his start in the in the uh, film industry. And he then was in, he, uh, he he did that Parenthood TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I used to watch the, that shit. Yeah, the main thing that Robert Townsend's known for, for as far as like cultural impact, is a uh, Hollywood Shuffle, which mm. is one of the most important movies in comedy. Period. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he um, he did a, 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 a like a documentary called Burn Hollywood Burn, and then like a. Uh, uh, what, uh, what's the movie called? Um, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, like a style, a film in that style that of, of the movie that I can't think of. Um, <laughs> long, later down the line, I am so fucked up right now. I'm drinking water now. Um, he was also, but, he was also Me- Meteor Man. I watched that shit as a kid too. Mm-hmm. Meteor Man. That shit. Was he was also sick. he was uh, Robert Townsend was also slated to direct that Captain Planet movie starring Don Cheadle that never happened. Oh wow. <laughs> That would have been so iconic. Oh my god! (laughs) That was like a that was like a funny for funny or die clip, right? They had yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, Don Cheadle's the shit. I follow when I when I when I check Twitter. um, Don Cheadle is fucking dope at Twitter. He's really good. Oh, I don't follow. He's great. Cheadle's great. Yeah, he he will cuss out anybody. Mm. And I I love celebrities on Twitter that do that. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so this is the last thing I'm going to say. And then I, you said you had to wrap up, and I'm sorry. So, oh, no, it's been great. This has been great. I have to say this because I just found this out, and it is amazing information. Okay. Dion Warwick has joined Twitter. And oh, it is amazing. She oh, asked, wow. Yeah. She asked Chance the Rapper, why is, the, why is your name Chance the Rapper? If your your name is Chance and we know that you're a rapper, she legitimately asked him that on Twitter. <laughs> I, I love the fact that I love the fact that like she's you can you know she's like learning her iPhone 12 Pro like a fucking jitterbug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, she's got the Max like it's so big. She, she oh says what God. everyone's oh. thinking, you yeah. know, because she doesn't she doesn't care. She's she's new. She's, yeah, she doesn't care, you know. She doesn't give a shit. I love that. That was my favorite, other than Giuliani getting COVID. That was like the last <laughs> week. I was like, oh, this is great. This is nice. I like life things right are now. coming together. Twenty twenty one is going to be good. You know, twenty twenty has had like the cutest little character arc. You know. <laughs>
That's right. Criterion level. Criterion level <laughs> narratives. It's like it's like so, a yeah. Kubrick movie. But oh, yeah. like so, the supporting the supporting female actress character, not the main male character who just like reveals himself. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. So yo, Lou, <laughs> thank you for coming on. This episode's been great. Everybody go contribute to that campaign yes. for another country. I want that shit on vinyl. I want that first press because I'm a fucking Discogs nerd. Oh, yeah. Yes. So everybody go get that shit. And, and uh, everyone, please uh, buy and support my music because no one else will if you don't. Uh, dreamcrusher.bandcamp.com um, What was I going to say? Thanks for thanks for having me. Oh, this is so much I, fun. Oh, of course. Great episode. I, like so your pa- I don't know the, I don't know uh, Aaron and Jacob's uh, uh, Instagram, but tell, send them to me and I will follow them. Will do. I, I love, I love good memes. I love good shit memes. So <laughs> please, <laughs> please send me. Absolutely. Uh, we got to get, uh, we got to get Dream Crusher's Twitter back. Uh, yeah, so, yes. that's, that's the next campaign. Yeah, that's I, the next campaign. Once we fund that vinyl record, we're going to start a new campaign to get the Twitter back. Yes. Also, a lot of the like really sexy OnlyFans um, people that I follow have Twitter, and like Twitter like lets you see <laughs> lets you see every hole. Yes, and it's exactly great. in HD. So like a, in four K, like good like a good like twenty twenty one percent of my porn stash has gone away via this Twitter. So you uh, you've been struggling, is what you're saying. I've been struggling. I'm not paying for <laughs> fucking porn. Like fucking we know, we know you're anti edging. So this is really a problem. Yeah, it, for real. Like, yeah. let me tell you something. It's it's like the fucking uh, city dump on uh, in these pants, child. Let me tell you. <laughs> Woo! Woo! No. Well, I'm gonna drop it off. <laughs> oh my fucking god! On that note. Uh yeah. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I, mean, I, make, I make several trips, you know, trash recycling, compost. Oh, yeah. you, know. you gotta do it. You gotta Everyone's find. gotta do it. All right. Uh, thanks everyone. Yeah. And Thank thanks you. Lou. Thanks so much. Thank everybody you for coming. This is so much pressure. fun. Oh, Peace. Wow, okay, bye bye.